on the East Coast in Boston. Bam, we're live. Really wanted me this to isn't the it. show. No one tuned in yet. This and is he just recommended uh, he turn down your volume and don't listen to me out here in uh, Denver. So I used to do um, judo and stand up jujitsu for a long time when I was younger. I just totally got out of that stuff when I moved down to Boston. CrossFit ruined all my other sports, Jay. Dude, <laughs> now are you in, you're in Boston now? No, we moved out. Uh, my wife and I moved out to Colorado in June. Oh, so are you in? Are you you're near HQ then? Pretty close, yeah. We're okay. like uh, thirty minutes away. And you're what are you doing with HQ now? Are you uh, like what are you doing with them? That's a great question. Um, no, I'm helping them run uh, their cap, their CrossFit affiliate program, so all the content programming, all that stuff that goes with that. Nice. How's that yeah. been? Good. You guys start charging, I think, in like a month. Yeah, uh, January uh, January one. Yeah. Nice. It's been going well, learning a lot. Different doing it when um, you're not the boss. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He sold his he sold his app to HQ. Hobart's richer than God now. That's not true. That's not true. Why am I doing this podcast then? Fucking, that's a great question. Because I love you, so that's why. Trying to get hoes. Because you and Austin, right? Uh, so are you it's the, you, Austin, and then it was Spencer, right? Yeah, there were four. There were four owners, um, and uh, all of us essentially came on in, in different capacities. So, got it. Yeah. Who works the hardest out of all of you? I know some of you just got the cushy <laughs> job. Uh, you sold the app, and they had to hire you, and they got cushy jobs. But you're like busy as shit. Like I call if you call Hobart dur- Hobart during the day, you get a text like an automated text. Sorry, I'm working. It's so lame. <laughs> it's just a robot face. Sorry, I'm working right yeah, now. Yeah, it's so lame. Big. I love uh, on Hobart's screen. It says at uh, bigger than Savon. <laughs> oh yeah, I gotta what, change what the? that. <laughs> I gotta That's change awesome. that. How do I change that, Susan? I'll change it. Do you want to change it for you? Oh, there he is. All right, Brian. Oh, the the man of the hour, Jason. Do you know Brian, friend? Uh, oh, there we go. <laughs> Brian, we've met Got before, you, right? Gotcha. Yeah, we um, met briefly at Wadapalooza when you and Matt Fraser were calling the final heat of the men's in 2019. Oh, yeah, man. That was fun. That was good. I enjoyed doing that. Uh, uh, Jason, that video of you and Nick Rodriguez is crazy. Bro. It is crazy. If you guys haven't seen this video, Jason's about to talk about it, but you got to go to Flow Grappling and see Jason fucking going to war with this monster it's not it's not a joke either it is a it's gnarly dude so you watched the you watched the one where uh we kind of did you watch like the one where i taught him a bar muscle up and then we did a workout and yes he rolled yes yes the rolling at the end is nuts dude so me and this guy he's really really good um i went there and i i taught him how to do a bar muscle up and we did a workout and I beat him in the workout, and he did really well, by the way, and he's super fit. But as soon as I beat him, I was like, shit, that was probably a mistake. And, man, we went to the mats, and, boy, did he take it out on me. Oh, man. He made me, he made me feel like I was a little kid. Um, he, he's, he's really good. Hey, this guy that he, this guy that he was scrapping with, uh, he's a purple belt, but on Flow Grappling, they have a 45-minute video that calls him the black belt killer. I mean, he has a target on his back that's as big as like – I cannot believe the size of the target on this dude's back, and it is crazy some of the positions he gets Jason in. I mean, he picks you off the ground a bunch. Dude, I mean, and he's a big-ass guy. I mean, I don't know exactly how tall he is. He's like 6'2", 200-and-whatever pounds. Okay. And- and just really talented, but yes, he, um, 
he black belt they call him the black belt slayer slayer and, sorry uh, yes it's interesting because an adcc rule set you just had a 16 year old who if i'm not mistaken is a blue belt just win adcc trials so this guy 16 years old blue belt has been rolling jiu-jitsu for a long time but you can't get or you you don't get traditional belts until if i'm not mistaken what what is it 16 savant I, I don't think you can be a black belt until you're over 16. That's all I know. I, I just listen from the sidelines. Yeah. and so this You make shit up, and I'll just nod and agree with this, you, Jason. This kid's been rolling forever, and uh, he just won the ADCC trials, which is like a huge, huge deal. And so now he's going to the biggest uh, no-gi uh, grappling tournament in the world coming up in, uh, in Vegas. Um, what does ADCC stand for? Do you know? Abu Dhabi – uh, championships uh, so it started what, what what the history of it is if i'm not mistaken is that it started off in abu dhabi there was some type of royalty who became fans of oh gosh who became fans of jiu-jitsu and then they made this tournament that actually got people paid as much as you know more than anyone than they've ever had in the sport and uh and now it's expanded so now it no longer is only in dubai they take that tournament and they go to different areas around the country um, or the world each year or every two years. In that video that um, uh, Sousa was just showing, he's like, hey, grab your trap, grab your trap. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck is Jason supposed to grab his trap from around your neck? Were you able to grab it? Dude. Yeah, I mean, he taught me the, 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 the thing about jujitsu that I fell in love with is just the fact that like it's the game of like subtle technique and subtle changes can make a big difference. So he went from like choking me kind of to then squeezing and it felt like a fuck anaconda was around me. And, uh, <laughs> I was very uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, I hear Jason fine. Someone saying Jason's audio sucks. Does anyone um, else? I don't have that issue. No, his audio doesn't suck. It's coming out fine. I just lowered mine. So maybe that will make it so you guys can turn up your computers more and not have to listen to my big mouth. <laughs> um, while we while we fool around with the uh, with the uh, look at Jason, this is what I was telling you about um, barbelljobs.com. Uh, it's, it's a place where you, as a multiple gym owner, if you're looking for insane talent, you can make a post on barbelljobs.com and uh, and and they'll find they'll find people all around the right world now. to come work for you. Yeah, yeah, barbell yeah I'll jobs. I'll be posting my resume yeah. up there, Jay. So, you know, if you want to. I want to set up an interview. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> and um, I love the way it went across the screen. Ah, like yes, it like is at, beautiful, right? I feel like we're at like the beach, and there's a and there's a plane flying across with the <laughs> barbell jobs. And, uh, and and anyone wants Jason's phone number? Here it is. You can call him day or night. There's his phone number. Um, he, he's there for you. Just give him a call. And uh, his voice might sound a little different, though. Uh, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> was telling me that he has a really cool platform for podcasts and i had to see it and of course i think he's half showing off right now oh so showing people. off <laughs> Show. someone I, I i put this outfit on today because when i used to wear these glasses people would tell me that i looked like i was like the uh syrian ambassador to america and i know that jason is persian and i was like all right i'm gonna like Gonna get dressed up for Jason. This ain't. This isn't a joke today. This isn't a joke. Oh, you look. Bam. Thank you. Yeah, all right, Brian. You ready for us to just tear into your? Show? Oh, Brian, I got a question for you before we start. So you guys know. So this show is the top ten greatest CrossFitters of all time. This is the official list. This is more permanent than the ten fucking commandments. 
Um, this will be etched into the oh, I mean. of the internet forever. Um, Brian actually has a tattoo of these 10 right down his uh, each cheek. Men, women. No, no, the, the, I have the men and women there, but on my spine and my back, I have the combined list, men and women oh, integrated. Nice. Yeah, you haven't seen that yet. No, it just says Vellner, I think, down your spine. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I know, but then he didn't win this year, so I had to get that covered up, so I covered up with this list. Oh, I think Are there going to be any allegations on you after this uh, list here, Brian? You're not going to be canceled again, are you? Canceled. Canceled. That's still. I think that's still a raw spot for him. <laughs> Seven would, seven would say it would be advantageous for me to get canceled. Jason, then you could be. Then you could be honest. Brian Brian announced that that uh, Matt Fraser was a better CrossFit than CrossFitter than Tia Claire Toomey, and the world exploded on him. I was thoroughly they, offended. They thoroughly. lost their mind. Sexist. You didn't even really say that, did you? No, he didn't. He it wasn't even that. It was like that he can, would even compare the two. Yeah. Um, uh, before we start, Brian, I got a couple questions. Um, how close is number 11 to number 10? It was, I, I actually felt like the 10 was a perfect cutoff. I felt like there was a pretty big distinction between the top 10 and the next 10. Okay. And so, so you, do you think that this lifts is safe regardless who wins the CrossFit games next year? Not necessarily because there's a minimum requirement to get onto this list and uh, Justin Medeiros hasn't met it yet. So okay. if he wins, how did you qual- how did you create the list? Like, do you give points for something, or how did that go, Brian? Hopper, Hopper. Oh yeah, Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I just I like you know scoured the history of the CrossFit Games and came up with all of the people who I thought had any potential to be on the list, and then I started, you know, um, just organizing data and. As far as criteria goes, I just thought that you needed to have at least three CrossFit Games appearances. Like there needed to be some element of longevity. So this year, Haley Adams would be eligible because now she's had three years CrossFit Games experience in the individual elite individual division. Justin Medeiros hasn't yet. So he's not in contention to even be on this list at this time. But if he were to win, but James... Oh, you you are James? James is in contention. We'll see if he shows up. I've had three appearances, I think. Hey, these people are saying they can't hear me. You guys can hear me? Yeah. I hear you great. Your mic's, it's not super loud, but I can hear you fine, Jay. No distortion or anything. Yeah, it's weird. You really can't hear him? Don't piss me off. Hey, do you want to log out and log back in? I mean, I mean, if I, could. I mean, Matt Reynolds says he can't hear me. Oh, oh Eric, Eric says sounds good. Eric says Matt, sounds you're just good. not tuned into his frequency, his higher frequency, his higher level of consciousness. Yes, it's just way <laughs> it's just yes, it's just way quieter. So maybe that's on your guys' end. I don't know. He's just over your head. Oh, let me see. What if I just turn up all the mics? No, well, you could turn up just Jason's mic, which I tried to do. Look, I don't give a about you or anything that you do. I mean that that's that Harold can hear me. <laughs> That was just really showing off for Jason. Uh, see, lower levels than everyone else. I just turned up my microphone. I thought that would help, but maybe not. I'll turn Sorry. it down. No one this wants is, to hear me anyway. This is not fancy enough to... I adjusted his mic up now, so we'll see. I hear Jason just fine. All right, well, so I do I have a question. Up, I just turned up Jason's full blast. You're, so, no, you're at 11, bro. Oh, way better. Hey, so I have a question for Brian. So a while ago, they did a similar analysis for the CrossFit Games athletes. And what they did 
was they gave like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, three points for first, two points for second, one point for third, and they took into consideration all those different things. Is that similar to what you you did? Like you gave a point system based on those? No, I didn't have a, a mathematical point system for it. I think that a mathematical for point system can be helpful in some regards, but you know, to me, you also have to consider, um, you know, the era of competition, the uh, you know, good performances as well as bad performances, the um, and then the, you know, they're just there's like external factors that I don't think that uh, a mathematical system like that can account for. Got it. So what you're saying is that like a first place maybe in the past is like only one point, whereas a first place now is like three points. Not not even necessarily that rigid. Oh. Um, and I just like, you know, I've watched, uh, I've gone back and watched every CrossFit games and every event and every CrossFit games that these athletes have done five to eight times over the past eight years. And I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of you know, how good each of these people are based on watching that. I've seen them compete out uh, in li- a lot of them compete live at other competitions. And I've just, you know, spent a lot of time investigating what kind of athletes they are, how dominant they are in certain regards and what their overall career represents. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, you guys are certainly welcome to challenge me, but I feel really confident with well, these 10. And then last question on this, and then I'll let you guys keep on with your show, uh, which is, uh, would you say that it's similar to the way they've created like who the legends are at the Rogue Invitational? There is no like concrete reason for it. It just kind of oh, yes, there is, is Jason. Yes, what, there is. What? It's all road athletes. Sales. It's how former? much money you've made, Bill and Katie, in t-shirt sales over the years. Those are the. Uh, don't fucking get confused, Jason. That's all. That's 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 friends. Friends. Kalipa's room looks scary. Wad Zombie, your name's Wad Zombie. My room looks scary. Uh, <laughs> let me let me let me turn down my lights in the front. So I'll be no man, you look great. Dude, you yeah, great. great. You no, hey, you know what? Hey, Wad Zombie, if you think that's bad, zoom in on the the scar that has got. Yeah, that that's some scary stuff from jujitsu yesterday. Jason, that um, that's like someone left that little plastic tag in the jujitsu suit. You know, like there was a label on it, and they pulled the label off, but the plastic tag was still. Dude, yeah. If that line starts headed toward uh, towards your heart, um, <laughs> be careful. Uh, Brian, one, one more question. So this doesn't include um, uh, Masters wins. Or team competition. Or team competition. Mm. This is only factoring in the athletes' individual yeah. careers at the games. Or women, Rich would or have women that. right? So this yeah. doesn't include teams, Masters, or women. <laughs> the top 10 CrossFitters of all time men. Just men, though. Um, and, uh, and, and, and not kids that. either. All seriousness, not kids. No, I'm only... Uh, only really factoring in what they've done at the games as an individual in their career for this. I wonder if there is some sort of um, like if you won three teams, it equals one individual or if you won, um, you know, like that lady has won now five masters in a row, right? Susan Clark. She's undefeated at the games. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's like some sort of like you get one. That's that's tantamount to one individual win. <laughs> 
incredibly impressive. I would consider him to be the, the, the most dominant athlete that he's ever had, but that's not the list we're talking about. Today. Okay, great. Well, that'll be another show. That's another 50 bucks I'll make. <laughs> no, <laughs> Brian hates the age groups as much as CFHQ. Come on, Jim. <laughs> that's not a fair shot, man. He doesn't hate him as much as me. Yeah, you. no one hates him. <laughs> if Jim goes and researches my work over the last two years, he'll know that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, Jim. Do your yeah, research. Jim. <sighs> Michael Burchill looks like Alex Smith. Oh, kind of, kind of. Not quite as handsome. <laughs> he does look like Alex Smith. Yeah, a little bit. <clears throat> hey, Susan, do you see that? Did you get those two documents I shared with you about 10 minutes ago? Yeah, uh, 10 minutes ago, I got one here. Hold on. Just take a look at them. They'll be relevant when we get to the top two or three. Yeah. So, Brian, I pasted those pictures in. Does that just automatically update the document? I just dragged them from my desktop onto the document? Yeah, yeah, I see them. Okay. And that first athlete, um, you can erase the layers of the picture. I put in like six pictures or seven pictures of that first athlete. Okay. Well, you know, you guys are in charge of what's going to be displayed here on the screen. I'll just talk about it. Okay. All right, let's do this. Do you want to show the 10 that, that just missed the list? Oh, yeah, sure, that's great. Yes, 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 yes. Flash. Okay, well, that's, they're up hey. there on slide number two. Okay. Hey, that? Savon, does this sound any different or is it the same? I think you sound great. Yeah, I, I, Brittany, you guys are getting in my head a little bit. I think maybe <laughs> now people are fucking with me. Like, yeah, zoom well, zoom in on that if we can, or make the presentation so you can so people can see it. Top ten crossfitters of all time. Oh man. Ooh. Oh, let me zoom in. Hold on. Just go to like uh, view. Present. It's probably like a full page. So we got a, a BKG, Bjorgvin, Carl Gubinson, Brent Fakowski, Brooke Wells, Josh Bridges, Carrie Pierce, Kristen Clever, Kristen Holte. Noah Olson, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, and there was one more, Scott Panchik. Oh, man, Panchik. So these are in, in alphabetical order. These were the next 10 that didn't, uh, didn't get on the list. And all, the one thing that all of these have in common is that they've done at least five CrossFit games. Um, and I think all of them, other than Brooke Wells and Scott Panchik, have podiumed at least once. Scott's Damn. never been on the podium. Dude, so that is the most – so Scott Panchik has, has like, if I'm not mistaken, four fourth places. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, I think it's four fourth places. I think it's either six or seven times like in the top six. Oh, dude, he's, wow. he's, he's undeniably like super consistent but hasn't gotten on the podium once. And um, yeah. Ruins the suspense, Will says. I think it's building up a little bit more suspense. Yeah, Who's yeah, going to make yeah. that top 10 list? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously these are all incredible athletes. You see that a couple of them come from, you know, a little bit more in the past in the cases of um, Chris Clever. Well, Panch expands basically the entire era. And then uh, Josh Bridges is, you know. Um, but you have some more modern athletes, some athletes that are still competing, like Fikowski, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, come back this year. And then some that have just retired, like uh, Carrie Pierce and Kristen Holta. So this guy writes, no Sean Sweeney, devastated. Uh, <laughs> is Sean Sweeney even in the top 100? <laughs> I didn't go down that list that far. but if Hey, it don't, don't throw people's names in I like, and then I got to fuck them up, because that's not cool. I like him, but he, Boom. he can't. Oh, that's a beautiful slide right there. Okay, let's see it. 
see what drum roll number 10 do we have anything there he is what no <laughs> oh my god already we got some problems oh my gosh number you don't like 10. the picture number 10 uh, jason kalipa look at him look at him with ben smith and rich froning out of focus and jason in focus what a brilliant photo seven why did you why did you pick this picture i i, I had so many well you we can't see the whole photo could you make it a little smaller maybe I feel like every time I touch the button, I'm screwed up. We're gonna drop the okay. number one. The comments. D- delete, are delete that me. photo. You'll see that there's. I have so many good photos of Jason. It's ridiculous. I like this one All just because right. it was with Ben. It was with Ben and Rich. And if you see it a little wider, you can see more of his body. And Jason performed incredibly well at that event, kind of freakishly well. No, if they ever did that event again, no one will do what Jason did. I think he won the 2,000 meter sprint and he won the long game which was like that was put in there to fuck with the athletes. And Jason kind of squashed that. that. That was ridiculous, actually. Yeah, it was scored as two separate events. And so going into that, that was pretty nerve wracking because if I'm not mistaken, we did a swim event and then that was the 2K row and then the half marathon row. And as an athlete, you're looking at you're saying to yourself, hey, you know, how are you going to approach this? If you take the 2K too hard, you might blow yourself up for the rest. If you take the 2K too easy, you're going to not get any points. You're going to be screwed. So. Yeah, I just kind of went for it and held on. Another one of my favorite photos of Jason at the pig. That one just exposed how big his arms were. That was ridiculous. <laughs> that was a ridiculous. Hey, hey, Eric goes, Jason's only going to be on for about five more minutes. And then I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm out. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That was a good event. This this pig event was uh, was probably my favorite event at the CrossFit Games ever. Um, I have some fun things, but this one in particular was my favorite um, event. That's actually uh, kind of ni- neat to hear. It's my favorite event that's ever been programmed at the games. I, co- I always, every year, I hope that it'll program like a bird and run 2.0, but it's, we've yet to see it. Um, but I thought, especially in that year, it was, it was different than what anything we'd seen before. It was a good test for the athletes, and you really got to see a variety of different strategies from, you know, like people come out pretty quick, people kind of have methodical finish throughout. And then there were a lot of opportunities for lead changes or people to overtake other competitors. So I thought it was just good all around. And I know that there's some cool, funny stories about and impressive stories about the coverage of that event too. Matt, can you remove that picture? I think you can go down pretty deep. I put in like six or seven photos of Jason. Um, so well, Someone's asking why Fikowski didn't make it. Well, he's in the next 10. I mean, like this is a very exclusive and difficult <sighs> list to get on. Hey, I like, I like this chat because I've never, I've never, I mean, I, I don't do this that often with like a live chat, My Eric, the softball throw rank, I would definitely be ranked one, number one. <laughs> have you practiced that since then? Are you, are you, have you improved? Yeah. I mean, my son plays baseball, so I've actually, uh, learned how to throw a ball better, but I probably wouldn't still not shake out very well in that event. He Maybe, punishes, uh, punishing his son, making it. He's like me. <laughs> Everything that I suck at, my kids now doing. <laughs> dancing, all you know, all that shit. Tennis. Yeah. Right. Maybe Ro- like, Rogue should bring throw. back the, the legend softball throw next year. So you can oh my gosh. Redemption. Oh man. <laughs> you didn't take last in that, did you, Jason? I think me and Spieler like basically tied for last. Like oh. There was like a distance where, he, I mean, at that point, you know, the, the problem was that you had to keep it within the lines and I suck so much at throwing that I'd rather just keep it within the lines and get something than throw it super hard and have it go way all, all over the place. So yeah, that was, that was super embarrassing. Um, I mean, and that was on ESPN at the time and I was in like a, 
leader position. So they were highlighting me and I just couldn't throw for shit. This was uh, at HQ. I, um, it was is this, him and Dan is this Linda 20 down to one. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember watching that and I was like, this is, I was like one or two years in the cross. I was like, this is insane. These guys are like, I can't even imagine this. And I took that with, for you camera uh, nerds, that's with the Leica uh, M240. And I got some insane photos of Jason there too. But I always liked that one, just kind of in motion, getting back into the, under the bar. Dude, that was a good workout. That was, that was a fun one with Dan Bailey. Yeah. I thought you guys were going to die. <laughs> There's maybe a couple. Is it hard to go through them, Sousa? Like you can hey. just click on it and del- hit delete and just make it vanish and the next one pop up? Uh, no, because I'm not. No, I'll screw it up. Oh. Everyone know. <laughs> hey, John. John's talking some shit saying if Madero's retired today, he's arguably better than Jason. I don't know. I, well, let's um, well, let's you know, see. We'll see. But anyway, I just maybe uh, Medeiros is number one already. Yeah, maybe he's number one on the list, you know. <laughs> I uh I just we should give some credit to Jason in case you know people aren't familiar. <laughs> he um he can what I think is really impressive about Jason's career is that he had seven appearances at the games and he only had one finish outside of seventh place. So six to seven times he was inside the top seven at the games. He's taken first, second, and third three different years. His average finish at the games is less than is five and a half, and that's including the outlier from 2010. Um, and, he, and if you go back and watch him compete, he's one of these guys that you know he's like. I kind of think of him as like an early, uh, early version of Brent Fikowski. Like, there's just certain workouts where when you line up against him, you're just like, oh my god, this guy's going to demolish this workout. And and then, and then about halfway through his career, he was the guy who who first started working with Chris Hinshaw and kind of redeveloped what he was as an athlete. And I think that that, uh, in a lot of ways, paved the way for um, the aerobic training that all elite-level ath- uh, CrossFit athletes do now. And I think that there's a lot to be said for that. You guys are mentioning Medeiros because you guys have a sort of uh, this this disease that comes with all sports. And it's not a, a dig at you guys, but there's this disease of what have you done for me lately? And recency it, bias it, it's a it's a it's a real disease in the sports world it's like and i get it i'm, I'm like that too like fuck conor mcgregor bye bye who's next you know like uh, uh in 2009 i think maybe you could also crown i'd be curious what you think about this brian you can crown one of the greatest comebacks in crossfit games history if not the greatest was also um jason would get that be at the top of that list from the year that he won 2008 uh no uh 2009 2009 he collapsed on the field it was the first time uh, it was the probably the heaviest no one thought anyone was going to be able to deadlift 500 pounds he collapsed oh this is so this is a great story <laughs> look at that picture i put that one up for a reason so down bending over right there you see, that's austin maliolo <laughs> struggling to finish the workout and these knuckleheads rich froning um Derek. Uh, Fisher and, and Jason Kleba come over to cheer him on. And instead of cheer him on, they're looking at like something that's wrong with, with Rich's <laughs> hand. And I, and there's a wide shot. If you go to the next shot, you can see the wide shot. They're in the stadium. And it, it's pretty hilarious because when you have Jason and Rich come out there to cheer someone on, all of a sudden no one's paying attention to the guy who's struggling. Everyone's just looking at Jason and Rich. And it just defeats the whole purpose of them coming out there for the guy. But I really like that photo. Oh, look at that. Poor Austin's just completely coming apart. These three savages are cheering him on. That was, do you remember that, Jason? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. That was, 
you know, it's interesting about that event. That's the burden run is that the night before we had a, a, a meetup with Dave Kasher and he went over the event. I remember thinking to myself, how cool it would be to go into the stadium in first place and kind of visualize that you carried a log through a, a you carried a log like through a tunnel and then you came out. And I remember thinking to myself, if I can get to that sled first, more than likely I could pull that sled across f- first. And so coming in that, man, that stadium just erupted. Those years were excellent uh, for the CrossFit Games. I mean, the, the stadium was action-packed. The tennis stadium was just like electric. This in particular was in the soccer stadium. But yeah, I remember that. That was great. Yeah, the tennis stadium was electric. Did you win that event, Jason? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And worth Did noting you- that even, even now, uh, Jason is still tied for fifth all-time event wins at the CrossFit Games. Wow. The reason why that event was so cool um, for anybody listening is that as an athlete, oftentimes the CrossFit Games, I'm sure you know I don't, James can share or others, is that when when you win, normally you just win like by an instant. You don't really know you're going to win and you just kind of pull it out. But in some events like the the row or even the burden run, you know, you had I had some time to kind of like while I was still finishing the event, know that I was going to place well or fi- or win, and so I was able to kind of like. Uh, take it in more. And in the burden runs case, I took the sled halfway across before anybody even entered the stadium. So I was able to kind of stop for a second, like feel that emotion and then finish it out. Whereas in other events, you never had that opportunity. So that's why it kind of stands out to me. That's cool. That's a great description. That's great insight. <clears throat> you know, you, and he's right. You don't see that that often. Hearing him talk about that reminds me of uh, Fraser in 2017 during the Fibonacci finale where he finishes the minimum work requirement and he's just kind of takes the moment to appreciate what's going on before picking up the kettlebells. Um, so that's cool to hear. And this may be, this may be one of the, <laughs> how long is this top 10 going to take to get through? We're only on number man. 10. We're going to be here for the till noon. Uh, no, the rest <laughs> of them. No, no one else gets this many pictures. No one else. Do this is a special tribute to you, Jason. No one. Everyone Jason, else he called one photo. Me. He called me yesterday and he's like, so Kleep is coming on the show and he was like curious if he's going to be on the top 10. I said, well, he's actually is number 10 on on my list. So I, and I said to seven, I said, I know you probably have a lot of pictures of these athletes. So if you want to pick one from your Rolodex. And so we want to, he wanted Wait, to use this for you. I'll give you an interesting story about this picture. So this picture, I think I'm doing a dumbbell snatch with a hundred pound dumbbell, or maybe this is 75. I don't remember, but at regionals one year, they brought a hundred pound dumbbell. I don't know if James, if you remember this, but as soon as they announced it, I went to a traditional gym and got a hundred pound dumbbell because I had never, I had never lifted one before in a snatch. We didn't have one at the gym and Neil Maddox was my training partner at the time. And this guy's whipping that thing around like it's 50, like 10 pounds. And I barely could get it over my head. But after training with it for a while and developing proficiency, him and I went at it hard at regionals. And this might be a picture of that. Um, but it's just interesting to see how like a literally a month before regionals, I wasn't even able to get over my head. But after training, this goes for anybody who's developing some level of proficiency and getting more comfortable with the load. It made a huge difference. I, I think I can see that's the 70 pound. I think I looked at uh, 100 pounds, but I was going to be all I night. I think this was that it. event, Jason. This event was um, it was like uh, it was 100 pull ups, 100 something, 100, 100 single leg squats. And then it finishes with 100 snatches or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yes. Some combination of those. Movies. Yeah. Remember that one? That one was. Oh, man, that was tough. That was a good one, though. Long tough yeah, yeah really long. wall balls wall balls chest bar pull-ups pistols and yeah. dumbbell yeah. snatches i miss those 100 100 100 regional workouts always got to get comfortable with the load that was for hobart that was for Thanks. hobart specifically 
I practice with all loads, Jaden. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Melissa, thanks for that comment. Ava is doing well. She's uh, three years out of treatment. So we got two more years until we pop the champagne for fully cured. But thank you for that. Good to hear. Very good to hear. Um, when you see that popping on and off like that, that's because uh, uh, Susan and I are dueling. We both have access to the back end and we're clicking. All right, should we look at number nine? Do we have any more Jason pictures? There might be one. Do we have <laughs> I just want to Jason say, pictures? Brian, thank you for including me. I didn't. I hope you didn't just include me because I was on the show today, but I appreciate it. It's an honor. Um, we'll see who the next top nine are. I mean, it is tough because you have male and female, and there's been some super, <clears throat> super dominant um, females. So uh, we'll see what, what the next nine are, but thank you for including me. Appreciate are it. Are bigger. Are bigger than his that. triceps. Uh, it's not good camera angle. Not oh, a good camera angle right now. <laughs> <laughs> I started doing skull crushers. All right. Uh, let's see number nine, Souza. <clears throat> no, fuck it. Let's skip to five. No, I'm joking. Do it. I'm joking. Let's see where all the friend bucks go today. <laughs> oh, okay. Nine, yeah, so uh, ninth on the list here is Samantha Briggs. Just give a brief overview of uh, her career. Nine times to the CrossFit Games. She was the CrossFit Games champion in 2013. Um, that's the only time she's been on the podium, interesting, but she has been fourth three times. She has had a, li- you know, a, a little bit of an up and down in career. She's always d- dealing with some injuries, but it's actually one of the things I think makes her most impressive is I don't know if, we were, if we'll ever see a person who is more resilient in terms of bouncing back from seemingly traumatic injuries than Sam Briggs. Um, obviously, she's, you know, she's got a nickname that's legendary and, in the engine, and she's, you know, she's just continuing even now to redefine what's possible and kind of establish a a dominance in terms of uh, continuing to excel at the sport as, as she's basically approaching 40. Now she's, I think she's going to be 39 or 40 this competitive season. And she's still relevant in these competitions and making it to the games. And we see what's happening that there's 17 year olds that are making it to the games. And so mm-hmm. she's pushing the, the borders on that end. She has 11 career event wins, which I think is still fourth all time for the women. Um, and she has some of the most iconic performances in games history. She's also beaten, you know, she's had a couple of events where she's been able to be- beat all of the men in those competitions. She's dominant. She has a great record in the off-season competitions. And she's just an incredible person. When she won the, the Spirit of the Games Award that one year, I think it was, um, you know, that Spirit of the War- uh, Games Award seems to be becoming more of like a lifetime Spirit of the Games Award, in my opinion, with the way that they're uh, awarding it, which I think is totally fine. She's completely deserving of that. And um, there are actually some people I've spoken to who have known Sam since and known her as a competitor since as early as 2010 during the sectionals, like at a parking lot somewhere in the UK. And they said, you know, if you made it, you can, he's, he thinks that you can make a case for her being the greatest CrossFitter of all time. I don't know that the numbers necessarily supported against everyone else, but just in terms of the raw capacity of who she is and what she's done, it's really impressive. Some of her open performances have been out of control too, like, <laughs> like not just top of the women's category but like beating everyone in the world i think right like um yeah and she has like an incredible record of um in muscle-up workouts like when yeah. she's done I, I don't have all the those numbers and rowing. Up. yeah, yeah. Great. that 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 row dumbbell hang clean and jerk toe to bar open workout i remember she like annihilated that thing yeah 
and this one actually, the pitch that's on the screen right now is from, and Savon, correct me if I'm wrong, Santa Cruz in 2014. Uh, it was an open event with, uh, if I, again, if I'm not mistaken, four CrossFit Games champions. I, I The only reason why I know is I competed against her. And what was interesting at the time, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm actually 99% sure she beat me and her and Rich were battling it out. If Is that correct, Savon? Do you remember? That's how I remember it too. That's how I remember it too. Yep. Yeah. And she just, dude, she just smashed those burpees and thrusters. She's super. And I think at the time, I don't know if it's still today, but she was a full-time, is it firefighter or is she yeah, still? Yeah, I think she was a firefighter. I don't think she's anymore, but you're right. Yep. I yep. forgot about that. Uh, something else about her that, that I think t- two of the noteworthy things about her, didn't she win the games and then not show up the next year because she didn't go through regionals? Something about the handstand walk got her out. That's one of the more bizarre and sad events in oh. CrossFit Games history, if you ask me. I'm not putting the blame on anyone, but it's nuts that you can win the games and then be knocked out of the regionals by handstand walk, in my opinion. what it, 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 And whoever won it the next year, I don't know. Who won it the next year after that? Camille. Yeah, I, I, sorry, but I just think that that's a – a problem there with that what year was that 2014 yeah to put an asterisk by that year and the second thing <laughs> is um i don't know about it, putting an asterisk a, two asterisks two asterisks just because i mean dude, the competitors knew what they're getting themselves into i mean i remember at regionals uh yes. hobart i don't know if you remember i mean dude i uh leading up for that i was freaked out i i i practiced handstand walking every day for like a month because dude one finger hit the line you were out and so like she knew the rules I'm not, Jason, I'm not saying it was in your arms. That was the max. We've seen your arms. Event, you right, you were born the, walking yeah. on your hands. You walked yeah. on your hands first and then you walked on your feet. You're one of the, yeah. you're, the it was, it was a max distance event. So the way that one went is that you had a hundred feet to go down and they were able to drop down at the end of the hundred feet. Then you're able to turn back around. Yeah. You could rest there as long as you wanted, but there was a time cap. <laughs> but as soon as you dropped in the middle of the floor or touched the side, your, your score was up. So if I'm not mistaken, Samantha, there was only like six events at regionals. So if you place bad at one yeah. of them, you're not going to the games. And she she won like all the other events, but she she got last in that and she didn't make it. And, and then the second thing is, 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 and I've said this a thousand times, if she's at the games, she deserves the spirit of the award of games. Spirit of the oh, spirit <laughs> of, of the, the games, games award. Oh. They did, <laughs> Alan and Gary, uh, Gardy are saying that Kara uh, got injured at the games. Kara uh, has had some unsuccessful luck with that. I don't know if we're going to talk about her later, but she's a, she's incredible. She is incredible. The, that, that handstand walk event, the reason why I think that's important for, and I'm glad that um, you brought it up is because, you know, recently people have been talking a lot about execution, having too big of a role in CrossFit, like the, the final event of rogue, for example, and being uh, uh, like very critical of that, but execution has been a, a part of this sport going all the way back to the beginning. What does that mean? Ex- can, can, can you, what does that mean? Execution? No, like they say like, like, oh, well, they only are doing it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous, right? You have, obviously you have to show up and perform and, and, and complete the task under the time strengths or the limitations that are required. And that's always been in the sport. So it's not something new and it's not an excuse or a bad program. That's like, it's just part of it. That's like, you know, like you're on the 10 yard line quarterbacks going to throw a touchdown doesn't make it. And everyone's like, Oh, you know, too much pressure. He, he was, you know, it was too much focus on execution. We better give him another chance. That's insane. I don't know if I like that metaphor. I don't know if I like that. I like this metaphor a little better. uh, Hobart. It's like ejaculating before penetration. You (laughs) failed on your execution. If that, does that help you out a little bit better? Um, I think my metaphor. Just go back to when you were 16 years old and you were trying surprising. condoms on alone in your bedroom. That that <laughs> exactly. That's just wearing them in the shower. Just for yes, fun. yes. 
<laughs> I hope you, I know you, you're very thorough. You rehearsed, man, you rehearsed oh, two boxes. Yeah, yeah you got to make sure you can execute because that's all part of it. <clears throat> yes. Oh, that gives me anxiety that people are worried about execution <laughs> in an event. Hey, one thing that's random about this photo, which I did not choose, my fiance and I are in the background of that photo. Dude, really? someone mentioned Cole right Sager here. might be there in yeah. the red shirt. I think you yeah. might be standing next to Cole Sager, no, Matt. That's one of my coaches <laughs> that still works for me. His name's Dylan. But we dude, it looks just like Cole Sager. Dude, he looks exactly – we talked about it all the time back then, which is pretty funny. Sunburnt yeah. Cole Sager. Who were, the, who were the judges for this event? Were they local coaches or were they um, seminar staff? That's Eva Claire on the right. Yeah, it is. I think that Zach Pine. I was going to say, is that uh, Zach judging. Pine? Yeah, like... Zach Pine judging her. I think, and then I think Bosman was on the floor, and then they had all five champions, right? It was uh, Jay, Rich, Graham, um, Sam, and Annie. Oh, dude, look who's in the house. Lazar. Lazar Jukic. We should have a moment of silence for him. Lucky us. What's up, Lazar? Hey, Brian. This guy. This is the second time I've seen this guy comment. Is this your? Is, is this dude related to you? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, right. Yeah, the masters deserve to That's be roasted, but I'm getting I'm getting old and soft. Okay, number eight. <clears throat> it was a pretty tough call between eight and nine, actually. And we just were uh, actually talking about her. This is uh, so I have Cara Saunders at eighth. Oh, that's um, funny. We were just talking about her. Yeah. And Cara's had been to the games nine times. She's only been on the podium once, which was in 2017, where she took second to Tia by two points and two tenths of a second, basically. Um, but she's, uh, yeah, picture. I consider her to be the fittest person who's never won the games. I think that, you know, she very, she could have won in 2017. It was very small margins and she could have won in 2014. I know some people were writing about it in the comments. Uh, it seemed like, I mean, her and Camille were, Obviously, the defending champion wasn't there, um, but her and Camille were heads in, like far away ahead of everyone else, and she had to withdraw the morning Sunday morning due to an impingement in her neck that I think was probably inflamed from the um, push pull event the previous night. And then there was a midline madness that required handstand walking this morning, and she like just literally couldn't do it. And um, <clears throat> so that's kind of like that. Her resume is is missing that performance from the games as well. And obviously, you know, we've talked with Josh Bridges about this, like things happen in sports and sometimes you have an injury and, and stuff comes up. But I, I think that on paper, this, this is kind of to your question originally, Jason, I think that on paper, Sam Briggs might have a stronger resume because of um, you know, over the totality of her career. But I, I just felt like kind of looking back at Cara's career and kind of diving into the things that she did when she has been healthy Um and the opportunities that she lost is not being healthy. I thought she was, I just felt like she was slightly fitter and slightly more impressive over the times that we've got a chance to see her. She kind of alluded that she's over it. Uh, it I'm being way, way uh, exaggerating, but she's, she's alluded to the fact that, that, you know, that she's there to play, not to win hmm. uh, in this, in this most recent games. And, and maybe having kids did that to her. You know, it does, it does fuck your priorities up. I had James Krause on the show as a world-class UFC fighter I think it was James Krause, and he said, having kids make you soft. Having well, kids will make you soft. Or it'll make you a badass like Annie Thor's daughter coming out of having a – I mean, she was already a badass, but then she comes back and dominates. Good point. Thanks for ruining my story, Jason. Hey, 
you know what? You, you <laughs> no, but it's really, it's actually, it is good to, to bring up uh, both of them in that context, because similarly to what Sam's doing in terms of pushing the, the barrier with how old you can be and still be relevant in the individual field. We've, you know, those are two of the best CrossFitters women of all time who've had kids and come back from them. And I think we've seen a different experience with Annie than with Kara. And it's not a good or a bad, but I do think that Kara, for whatever reason, is having a a little bit more difficult time getting that ultimate competitive edge that's needed to be elite in this sport. And Annie seems to have just kind of fallen right back into that pretty seamlessly. You know, there's a couple of things asking about, is Kara contending for the podium again? Or I don't understand the list. I do think one way to look at this list based on what you're doing, Brian, I, I have nothing to do with the list at all, but I think like if you're a competitor in the space and you were going to go compete against people, how would you rank them when you're thinking about them and their skills before the games, who's on your mind of people that are going to be contenders car is going to have to be at the top of the list on a regular basis. And so Sam Briggs, like as a, as a male athlete going in, I'm thinking, okay, well, I know rich is going to be a contender. I know this person can be a tender. I think is that a way to look at it, Brian? Like, like these are people that athletes think about when they're training, like, Oh shit, I gotta be on top of my stuff because you got Cara who's been really consistent for years. And we know that she's going to come and bring the heat on a, on a bunch of events. If Cara, if Cara, if someone interviewed Cara before the games and she said, Holy shit, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. I'm 5% better than I've ever been. All of a sudden she's the biggest threat to Tia Toomey, hands down. No questions asked. She's, it's and it's a legitimate threat. So it, mm-hmm. I, I just was thinking that whatever Jason just said made me think like that. Like, yeah, this this girl's like, of all the people who could ever threat Tia, she's probably one of the only ones. Yeah, and in her um, in Tia's run, I think she she gave her the best like the best battle and the best battle that we've ever had at the CrossFit Games uh, in terms of coming down to the wire between two competitors for the championship. Right. Yeah. I wish I could see the top 10 as one whole right now because uh, because it, it is creating some questions for wh- where do we think. But I guess we could talk about that at the end. So sure. we can see who we thought shouldn't be on the list. Yeah, Colin, uh, Horvath, Horvath was on the list. Uh, and then as soon as she texted me back, when I last time I texted her, she wrote, how did you get my phone number? And then so I had it pulled <laughs> off the list. I mean, yeah, that's accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> She really did do that, Jason. I text her. Yeah, she had been on the show once, and we we kind of—I wouldn't say we scrapped, but it, it it was weird. It was it was a long ninety minutes. It was weird, and I wanted to have her on again just to see if it could be weird again. Yeah, and I text her and I said, "Will you come back on the show?" She goes, "How did you get my number?" That's, no that way. was her response. That was her, nothing else. It was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, it's it's a, I just think of it. It's nicer than saying, "Please lose my number." I mean, that would have been really that would I, that I would have fucking curled into the fetal position. It's the right. That was the right response. Okay, number seven. And so, even within the top ten here, I would say mm-hmm. that there's a little bit of like there's some different tiers of athletes, and I think that Pat's kind of the last one here. Like after the jump from Pat to the next one, I think is kind of sub- substantial. Um, but of of the people in the top ten. Vellner has the second least games appearances. He's only been to the game six times. He's been second twice. He's been third twice. His average finish at the games, including both of 2019 and 2020, which were, in my opinion, do deserve a, some <laughs> characteristics a little different than a normal year. Is less than six, 5.8 average. Uh, he's won five events at the games, and he's also got just an incredible, basically an incredible run since 2016 
The only people who've ever beaten him in a live competition during that time are Brent or Matt Fraser a bunch of times, Medeiros this year twice, and Brent Fikowski once. Um, he's in every competition that's been a, a live competition where the competitors have been able to finish all the events, or at least the majority of the competitors have been able to finish all the events. He's been in the top four at every competition that he's competed in since 2016 against some of the best guys in the world. Um, you know, if you're looking for like the fittest man Jay- who's never won the games, it's got to be Velner. Jason fucking collapsed on the field in 2009, needed medical attention, got up and finished in a, in, in a better place so, than Pat Velner did on the swim. So during that 2000, just to make a, a note, I mean, past there's footage I shot it of Jason passing out. He's running and fall, like like falls over like a tree that got cut down, and med- medics run over to him, get him back up, and he finishes I think higher than Pat did. At the swim this year, what is this fittest was. man on land? Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, you know what's interesting is that he has two seconds and two thirds, right, Brian? Correct. Get him, get him, Jason. Yeah. Get him. No, no, no. I, I think that uh, brought up a good point. How does uh, Kassin says? How does she rank? We're talking about Kara above Jason and uh, Sam. I do think you know, just as if, if I want to poke some holes in your logic here. There is something to be said about podium finishes and finishing the the games, right? Like Kara, now that I'm thinking about it, right? I'm going back. How many times was she on the podium, right? Do you remember? One. Yeah. So there's something to be said, like, although I do think she's dominant and people were thinking about her, there's also something to be said about, hey, you got to also finish, finish the weekend. There's a lot of people that start off day one, day two in a very dominant position. But they can't finish. Rich Froning is a great example of someone who consistently finishes. I know that sounds really weird. But I don't know, man. We'll we'll keep debating about the top ten list. But I like Pat. I think he's legit. Execution matters, man. A lot. Execution does matter, and especially if you're looking at it from a purely like numbers based position. How many times do they win regionals? How many times do they hit the podium? Uh, I think I'm going to add something to this when we see if if uh, there's there's one of the greatest CrossFitters in the world didn't finish. uh, I think I have to assume she's coming up pulled out of one of the games, which is always interesting. Well, yeah, but I mean, and Jason's got a great point there. And that's something that is talked about is like, there's some things that are tested at the CrossFit games that are, that you don't see on the scoreboard, right? And the duration of the test, the ability to recover and, and put your body through that kind of uh, environment for three, four days in a row is one of those intangible things that you have to have. Yeah. So, I mean, based on that, I'm just saying like, and, and Brandon, yeah, I am, I'm not necessarily questioning Brian, but I am curious is the logic there because there is a bias from all of us. And I know these people personally, so of course I have a bias too. Um, but I do think podium finishes make a difference because, you know, to get on the podium is a difficult thing to do. And like you said, your body wears down over the weekend. If you can't finish it out, it's irrelevant, you know? And if you're, if you are, if we are talking about Velner, if you look at his, um, like his performances at the games, he doesn't seem to wear down as the weekend goes on. He's very yeah. consistent from start to finish. He's got a ton of top 10 finishes on day one, but also on day 10. Or day four. Or well, not only that, that, that bounce back effect, I think is really important. Like you see so many athletes have a turd finish or something goes wrong or their bike breaks or they get their foot stuck in the rope climb and they, they <laughs> shit off the cargo net <laughs> yeah. and that's the end of their weekend. But like Pat's a really good example of just like soldier on, do better next event. And I think that's really, re- people underestimate how valuable that is in a, in a competitor athlete. Or in Jason's circumstance, the director of the games takes one of your athletes off the floor. Yep. <laughs> Too soon. Yeah. Too soon. Too soon. Another 10 years. Another 10 years. Maybe we could talk about that one. All right, all right, all right. No, hey, that 
we should talk about that at some point. That was a learning lesson, I think, for everybody, including myself. I wish I would have handled it differently. Uh, number, any, any, anyone want to say anything else about Patrick, uh, Mr. Vellner? That's a great photo. Whoever took, I mean, that, that is, a, that is an only fans cover photo right there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. Pat is, uh, he's, he's actually, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a fan cause I think he's a super nice guy. He's also a physical therapist. I think that's important to kind of note. Uh, you know, he just had a kid, I think, and Cara did too and others, but the fact that he was able to finish up school, become a PT, and still compete professionally in the sport of CrossFit, especially right now, and uh, get on the podium four times, I think uh, definitely solidifies him on this list. I, I think it's non. And there's, you know, honestly, there's a, couple, there's a couple small things that that have happened to him that he could have been a couple spots higher here. Um, the two bad finishes he had at the games were like he was he had a really he had a pulled groin in 2020 for the online competition. He's his whatever there it was like a one rep max front squat was oh. less than his four rep max front squat six months later, and that basically keeps him out of the top five in aromas. And it's like these kind of nuancey things, like we talked about with Kara Saunders, that you're aware of. But when this guy's healthy and shows up, he's one of those guys that you were talking about, Savan. That like he's in your mind, and you know, if I want to win this competition, I have to beat this guy. Yeah. Hey, just to correct myself, I do apologize. I just talked to Pat. He's a chiropractor, not a physical therapist. I apologize for that. That was mistaken. And he's what we call in Canada a unit. That's probably he, he's different. But also, he and missed just the so you, cut. Everyone knows I don't know the difference between a physical therapist and a chiropractor. <laughs> a big, but hey, Brian, one thing to note about Pat Vellner too is that uh, him and Fokowski, if I'm not mistaken, missed the games in 2019. They didn't make the cut, right. or if it was too, because of the the sprint event, right? Wasn't it a zigzag sprint or something like that? They they missed the cut for different reasons that year. Basically, Vellner screwed up event one. And then um, Mary was extremely difficult for both of them relative to the field of guys that was remaining. I think just from a range of motion perspective, and Fikowski took dead last on that and was dead in the water after that. And then um, Vellner also did have that air of stepping on the line in the sprint event. So he had a couple of mistakes when we're talking about execution. Hey, can I say something out quick? Of the top 10. Why, why do we get all why do we get all bent when it's like, oh, it's a big guy doing range of motion and it's hard for him to execute, but no one talks about the fact that like, lifting every barbell is harder for someone who's smaller because not lifting if lifting every barbell is not harder for someone who's smaller it I depends disagree. on the, it depends on the in weight on the bar is larger and just loading and the fatigue that <clears throat> takes on a body no way i would take josh bridges over jason klepa every single day in a 95 pound thruster work 90 i'm not talking 95 pound thruster I'm you just said like moving a, like a barbell okay well i'm talking sorry yeah a loaded event Hey, hey, Brian, I am like sitting right here. You know what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'd probably take you over Bridges now. I think he's too broken no. down. <laughs> no. oh, God. Hey, hey, Hobart, here's something interesting. You know, when you look at like an avatar for a CrossFit Games like champion, you know, they're 5'8 five, to 5'10, five, 5'9, five, give or take, about 190 to 195. And so there is something to be said that if you're 6'3, you would definitely be an outlier right now or 6'1 for that and 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 debating why that is right longer range of motion the challenges anyways i just i James, think it's interesting the avatar that is most uh effective in crossfit no no i hear you and i i honestly jay i agree with you um i just i think it's curious i'm always curious at like why that doesn't come up you know but yeah like well, like well like spieler would always impress me man that guy would throw around weights and i'd be like holy shit how does he even do that 
but him catching it, let's say you both him catching a 315 clean and you catching like it affects his body far differently than it affects. Like for you, it's like, oh, that felt nice. And for him, it's like he just got hit by a fucking asteroid. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but James, in this case, anyway, we're talking if we're talking about the 2020 or the 2019 games and those first six events, I've written extensively about this. Events four, five, and six were the most heavily weighted events. There was not a one rep max lifting test in there. And there was a test that involved 600 reps of body range gotcha. of body weight movements. And I'm sorry, but but Brent Fikowski is never going to beat Matt Fraser, no matter how fit he is on this on a 600 rep body weight workout. Hey, who's Mary? Is that is that some chick who just hangs out around the hotel or something? After, who's that? <laughs> out of all the comments on here, you pull up that one. Of course, I just, the no, I just never seen any like I've never seen that like like you know like you go to the hotel, the baseball teams, you see girls hanging around the hotel. I just never seen that for CrossFitters. But I guess there was one. She got Fikowski. Merton and wall balls. Yes, yes, Merton and wall balls. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, number six. I just don't think it matters that for casual, casual sender. I'll come back to that. Hepner Bridges. Uh, There's oh, so much there to talk go. about there. This is a badass picture too. That's a badass picture. This is hanging Thank up you. in the um, the Santa Cruz office. Is it? Yeah, it's still there. Big, big photo. Well, thank you. Well, so, thank you. Catherine David's daughter, I mean, probably everyone knows about her and about just the incredible consistency she's had over a majority of her career. Nine times to the games, two wins, one second place, one third place. So four podium finishes, 13 career event wins, which is third all time for women. And after her first two years where she took 30th and 24th, her next six years were first, first, fifth, third, fourth, second. And then she was 10th this year. I don't know that much else needs to be said about Katrin. I mean, some people will talk about that you know, after that 2014 season, maybe there's a little bit of lull in the com- competition for women. I don't think that's the case at all. I think there was a changing of the guard. And you saw there's basically her and Sarah and Tia emerging as the main competitors with Sam Briggs also right in that mix at that time and uh, Cara when she was healthy. And she was able to you know consistently perform and regularly perform. She's extremely mentally tough. She's very good on events that require um, pain. I think some people are, are sometimes critical of her movement quality or something like that, but we're not judging that here. We're judging your ability to show up at the biggest stage and perform, and she's amongst the best that's ever done it. What's, wait, what, what movement quality issues does she have? She always looks like a great mover to me. I'd probably say her like her overhead squat position. Mm. Yeah, a lot of the, but I mean, even even Tia, right? Even even Tia's got some, and in, in, in Annie, I mean, you could be critical on all of them, couldn't you? I mean. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I'm looking um, at her results right here. I mean, it's pretty impressive her bulk of work if you actually look at it from like a purely numbers perspective. How about the fact she didn't make it one year and then she came got her shit together and came back? That's crazy impressive too. I guess Sam did the same thing, but that's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's gotta yeah. hurt not to make it. Th- that never happened to you, right, Jason? You tried no. to make it as an individual and you didn't make it. That that would hurt, right? Yeah, that would hurt. I mean, you have to check what you have going on and your ego. I mean, you got to sit back and say, hey, why did I not make it? Regionals were always stressful because you only had like six events. So if you weren't performing well on one of those, you're screwed. But, you know, Katrin, I'm really interested in what she does because at the Rogue Invitational, obviously, that was a little bit of a um, growth moment, for lack of a better term. You know, she was pivoting her coaching uh, situation, obviously, with Ben and then moving uh, back to Iceland. And we'll see what she ends up doing. I mean, she's had an incredible career, but I'm looking forward to seeing what she could do in the future. 
And I'm, I'm she's, she's by the way, toast. she's toast. She's toast. All toast. What does that aside. mean, toast? Though? Like, what is that? Like Sam? Like, yeah. Is that like a Sam Briggs's toast? You know, it's like she's not yes. going to win the games yes. ever again. Yes. But yes. Yes. her longevity ah. in the sport, I think, is insanely impressive. Hey, once you've been in the top ten and you're now in the bottom forty, that that means you're toast. Well, that's not. No, but I didn't realize. So she took second at the CrossFit Games two years ago. No, last year, twenty twenty. In the Romans. No. There were yeah. only five in the Romans. And then and then how did she do in 2021? 10th. 10th. Okay. So, I mean, Savat, come on. She's not toast. She comes <laughs> off a, sec, a, a fourth in 19, a second in 20, and a top 10 finish in 2021. Uh, but what I do think is interesting about Katrin, I think it should be noted, what her and Annie are doing together is super powerful, and it's awesome to see some entrepreneurship come out of that and building uh, some solid businesses together. I know I'm kind of taking a totally different tangent than just the results, but I do think that's super cool to see some of these athletes building long-term sustainable businesses and doing it together. I think it's badass. Uh, th- you could say you could say that Do- Katrin's daughter is like rebuilding, but but I but I don't see it that way. I see it as this falling apart. But but it's also because of <laughs> it's rel- it's it's a relativity too, because you have something pushing from the bottom at the same time that she's slipping. So she's taken two steps back, and the, and the, and the and the competition has taken three steps forward, and that's the problem. Haley, a- when, when Haley Adams, I have to imagine that when you get get beat by Haley Adams, Emma Carey, and uh, um, Mal O'Brien, Ma- Madeline Seabright, who? What's her name? <laughs> Madeline. Mal Albright. O'Brien. Mal O'Brien. That's it. That that's that. That doesn't feel good. It doesn't matter how good they are. When you're a veteran of the game and of the caliber that um, Katrin's daughter is, you're that that shit hurts. That's and I think that's a, me- a huge mental fu- head fuck. And I don't. I mean, no matter how great Annie is, I don't. I think Katrin should sell headphones or whatever she's doing, and and, and I think that's her future. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I said at the beginning. But I agree, of the Jason. Tenth's not bad, but I, I when you're skiing downhill, like you're but, skiing downhill. yeah, okay. But that's you know, people's careers are always gonna come to an end at some point and in some fashion. Thank you, Brian. But when you're talking Please. about when you're talking about at the start of the show I said you have to have a minimum of three years to even be considered for this list. And everyone in the top twenty has at least five years competing at the games. And Catch had a run of six consecutive years finishing fifth or better at the games. And there's only a handful of people, men or women, who can say that. Uh, and you could say that I think I think what's relevant is you can say there are people who are Plenty of athletes, not plenty. There's a handful of athletes who are fitter than her right now, but it's like it's still up to debate whether or not any of those athletes are going to have a career like hers. I think I think that's yep. what's really important. Like, sure, I'm on board with that. Like athletes, you know, there's a twilight to everybody's fitness career for whatever reason, age. You just other people are better. You have new headphone projects. But that being said, it's like. Yeah, Emma, Emma Carey was fitter than her in a weekend, but she has so much more work to do to be Katrin David's daughter quality like um, uh, legacy. I yep. swap her and Jason. I swap her and Jason. Oh, number six, Jason. All right, I'm making my way up. Hey, Hobart, I, number I, 10. I, Look Hobart, at me. That I, is some hardcore manipulation, people. Don't ever lot. think that I'm sleeping. Hey, I, I, I do like what you're saying, Hobart, because I think people listening who are newer to the sport, they, they want to talk about whoever these new new people are. But when you look at like the bulk of work that someone like a Katrin or others, I mean, she's been on the podium four times, right? One, two, three, four, and been top five basically all the time. There's something to be said about that consistency piece and putting her in this top 10 category. So yeah. I think that's important. 
I bet you she's inspired a lot of people to do CrossFit too. And a oh, shitload. Yeah. A shitload. His comments are going. Dude, catch catch <laughs> ditch the boyfriend. Dude, I love it. This is fun, man. I've never so Bob, we gotta do this more often. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I hope you get addicted. i I fully have Brian's in a love hate with me because he's addicted, but he doesn't want to do <laughs> I, any more shows with me. I think Colin addicted. said the truth said the most truth all day. I'm like Savon, I just make shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Oh, oh man, God. it's called imagination, and it's a lovely thing. You should try exploring it. <laughs> Dude, he's funny today. He's an asshole. If this guy just lives in the comments, just wreck. <laughs> yeah, because he's not attacking you. I see what you're doing, Hobart. We this should just put a picture. Yeah, you, you gotta appease the feed the trolls, man. Feed the trolls. This guy's just fucking attacks for a living. All right, number five. Here we go. Uh, Hobart taking control. Yes. Oh, our boy. What an awesome <laughs> right. picture of Ben. All right. That's like the worst, but I what? Just, that's a terrible photo, man. That's a terrible photo. That was probably one of those like intern photographers from for the games. Are you <laughs> kidding me? I love that photo. He's, it looks like he's about to start pounding his chest. What are you talking about? He looks, looks so like he's, he looks like he's choking on like a fruit roll up or something. Man. Oh, and he looks. <laughs> Can we all- get a, does this does this uh can we do a, a poll with this uh software can we get a poll whether this picture is good or bad no we can't so for those of you who are listening and not seeing it live ben smith is wearing like a, a swimming compression shorts and his uh, arms are wide open and he looks incredibly just normal and there's nothing ex- too exciting about this particular picture <laughs> but i love but i'll love tell you what Go ahead, Brian. No, no, sorry, Jay, hit it. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying this guy is so impressive, and maybe it's just because I'm I'm biased because I've known the guy for a long time. But you look at his bulk of work, right? 2010, eighth, eleventh, third, eleventh, third, seventh, first, second, eighth, twelfth. I mean, dude, he's just been super consistent. But in the last couple of years, he's had a little bit of a you know rougher go. Um, but there's arguably there's no debate, man. He's legit. Yeah, I mean, he's old. What, he, he got started old. competing at what age? 18, 19? Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, we should actually pull up a video at some point. I used to do these challenges like maybe 15 years ago or when I first got into CrossFit on YouTube. And I would challenge people. And if you went, you won, you'd win like a free t-shirt. And Ben Smith would do them at his college like dorm room. Uh, I, I, I got to find it. I'll send it to Savon because it's a pretty funny video because uh, he got into it when he was like 16, 17 years old, I think. I like that photo. That sucks. This no, guy. That's, that's a good photo and i see all these comments of like ben them talking about ben being fluffy like here's the deal ben just has a <laughs> shitty tan the dude is made of granite you know like i think everyone in his family deadlifts 600 pounds like there he, he um jeez david friend he 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 he's like competing with colin lawrence in the comments they they want they just want the asshole award every time my goodness get david friend Made his own T-shirt. Good job, man. just take that name from him, friend. David, enemy. <laughs> yeah, man. Ben Smith is... Uh... Yeah, Ben's... Uh, you know, he is the mainstay on the men's side of the competition. He's been to the games 11 times, four podiums. He's won it. And it, and honestly, his performance in 2015 is is remarkable. Like, if you haven't watched that, and go, go back and watch. Because, you know, Fraser will say that he wasn't prepared that year and he didn't prepare the same way that... He, he did in subsequent years, but Ben Smith earned that victory. 
And if you, and look, it's really hard. It's been really difficult to win on the men's side between Froning and Fraser. And he was the guy who was able to sneak in between them and get it done one season. Um, so if you look at the top end performance from Ben Smith, along with the duration over the entirety of his career, over a decade competing at the highest caliber of the sport, the combination of those two things is it kind of stands on its own, honestly. Dude, he's so unassuming too. Like you'll be in a room with him and and uh, so I'll give you guys a funny story. He won the CrossFit Games in 2015. 15. And the, that same night, he actually slept on the floor at a hotel room that we had because he was doing a business seminar with us the following day. And so this guy just won a quarter million dollars, right? Was just interviewed on ESPN or whatever it was. And then he just like didn't have a, I don't know what it was. He didn't have a room or whatever it was. He slept on the floor of our hotel room. The next day he went to a business seminar after just winning a quarter million dollars and beyond ESPN. He's just this like humble, super hardworking dude. And uh, obviously I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm sorry. I just, that's an interesting story that you come off this Great super story. high, Great but story. yet you'll immediately go to a business seminar the next day. That's Can we cool. just talk about the fact that you didn't yeah. give up your bed for the, I, the, I was, the chance? I was thinking that. Too. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man the last thing i want to say about ben smith is um he's one of the best lifters in crossfit that we've ever seen uh, this guy is an incredible good. mover and the way that he moves a barbell a heavy barbell uh, over the duration of his career is the reason why i think he's been able to have such a long career and if you aspire to to do crossfit for a long time competitively or not you should try to move like ben moves with a barbell he, he almost oh, moves like as well as james too. hobart almost probably uh, moves but, better because he's stronger no. James Hobart wins the award for best CrossFit mover ever. Uh, wow. Yeah, I you mean, heard you, it there. You, have, you heard you have, you have ankles like an angel. I think I think I think we should bump you up to the number four slide. Jay. Oh, I'm, I'm making my way up. <laughs> Why aren't the games still on ESPN? <laughs> for the same reason they're trying to give vaccines to five year olds. Money. All right, let's go to number four. <laughs> number four. And moving on. That's yeah, a great pick. All that's, yeah. Oh, now that's Jeez, a great photo. Do you want, are we going to critique the photo? Yes. It's the greatest <laughs> photo. It's, it's probably one of the best photos I've ever taken. I, and I get, it, it, Annie's 90 gets 99% of the credit, and the 1% goes to the lighting. And the flowy hair, like the wind blowing the hair forward. So good. So I, I have Annie here at fourth, and I can I talked about like kind of the tiers, and I consider kind of Catherine, Ben, and Annie to be this sec, like second tier, just outside of the top three. Obviously, that's not taking anything away from them. Annie is kind of the female version of Ben Smith, only I think that she's done it a little better over her career. She also has eleven appearances at the games. Uh, like Ben, she's competed at all three competition venues that the games have ever been at. She's won it twice back to back in two thousand eleven and twelve. Two runner up finishes. And a, po- and a third finish, so she's got five podiums, which distinguishes her as one more than Ben, Katrin, and Valner, the next three on the list subsequently. But also, if you look at when she's been able to do that and this, the way that she's been able to bounce back from injury, bounce back from heat stroke, bounce back from having a kid, and continue to rise to the, one of the top positions, two or three um, in the world year after year. Obviously, she put uh, um, Tia to the test this past month uh, in rogue in a way that we haven't seen since 2017 with Kara, and it's like it feels kind of criminal to not have her in the top three but that's more saying about how impressive those other three are and takes nothing away from what annie's done for this sport on the competition side jason's already referenced what she's doing on the business side the gym that she runs in iceland reykjavik it's um i mean 
they have like a dozen air runners there. So it does, you know, she's basically revolutionized fitness or been a part of moving that forward in Iceland, uh, which has become, a, you know, a, a hotbed for CrossFit. And it's just across the board, everything that, that there is to say about positive, positive to say about CrossFit, Annie seems to embody it. I think there was a point where Iceland had like 330,000 people on that island and more than 30 CrossFit gyms. And it was more gyms per capita than anywhere. In yeah, I think her gym has world. a thousand. They have like a thousand people going to her gym. She's making a dramatic impact. I actually think she could be like the chancellor, mayor, whatever of uh, of Iceland. I mean, that I think that she's she has those qualities in her. Um, I think she easily takes this spot, especially with where she's at in her career and actually moving back up. Like she was already at the top, then you know she was always a contender, but now she's. She's a real threat. Uh, you know, we know, we know Hobart thinks she's too, uh, either too high or too low because he has you at the fourth spot, Jason. But the rest of us can kind of agree this is probably appropriate for her. I, I, I would place Annie, and I'm, I'm like raising my hand. I do think the numbers, we could switch around, we could talk about it, but I think Annie has a solid fourth place. I do. I don't think I would qualify for that. Is it fair to say she's making a comeback? I think so. And it's not the first time that she's done it. I mean, that's what's so cool is like she was at the top. She had a couple of years, 14 and 15, that weren't so good. She makes a reemergence in 2017, 18. She has a couple of years setback with a kid. She makes a reemergence in 2021. Like it's, uh, it's pretty impressive to be able to come off the top, back to the top, off the top, back to the top three times over a decade when the sport's only continuing to get more difficult, deeper fields, higher caliber of athletes, more commitment to training. She's awesome. And no, the last she also about, did pull out of the games. She also did pull out of the games, which was something that we were we were we were critiquing other people for is like as being noteworthy. Like, hey man, you got to finish the games. And I don't mean that as a dig at her. Maybe her injury. I mean, I'm sure her injury was real, but she did pull out of the games. Yeah, but outside of that one season, she's yeah. had ten other appearances at the games. Never been worse than twelfth. And the other thing that is is notable is. She's basically the inspiration for the sixth person on this list, which was Katrin David's daughter. Katrin, I mean, Annie, Annie's performance in her first two or three years at the games was what inspired Katrin to pursue this. Right. I'm sure she's inspired thousands of people too, oh. maybe more. Dude, her, her having a baby and then getting back on the podium, like when she did that snatch event and she hit those numbers, the joy that comes out of her, like you can't help but love Annie Thor's daughter. Like I don't know what else to say. Like you could just see it on the floor, and Colin, uh, yeah, maybe I got the names <laughs> wrong of this. That. Don't even address him, Jason. Yeah. Just fucking, you should see the new show we do. What he says about Hobart, fucking brutal, brutal, brutal. Oh man, someday he'll get a job. Yeah, look at John Young is saying without Annie, without uh, without Annie, you don't get Catching or Sarah. Without Catching, you don't get Tia losing to Okay, too long, too long. Can't read that. But either way, she's amazing. Yeah, she's amazing. It's a shame that she's not number one. She'd be great at number one. I mean, she's not, but but she'd be great. She's awesome. And that picture deserves to be number one. That's a you, yeah. That's a good one. Easy, easy, easy. Rich Froning's training partner. Easy. Okay. Oh man, uh, this is hey Brian. I just want to do like a drum roll, okay? Because this next one, I think we could all admit it is between three people. Uh, you have Tia, you have Rich, and you have Matt. And this next, whoever you put third right now, you're gonna get some pissed off people. Uh, if Matt or if if Brian puts uh, 
a Tia below below Rich, I think he gets canceled off the internet right now. I'm gonna just call that. I feel I feel I'm very prepared. Let me say this. I'm very prepared for the top three conversation. Well then let's get to it. Yeah, then go. <laughs> Here we go. There he is. Oh wow. now that's yeah. a picture. Who took that? Probably that one of is... the best photographers in the history of CrossFit. Thank you. Or of photography. You. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, that okay. looks like the cover of, uh, I don't even know, ESPN magazine, Vanity <laughs> Fair, Men's Vanity Fair. That swimming event was the great, was like just a, a free for all for photographers. I don't know. That, that was like the end all, end all of, uh, of events. <laughs> the dudes were all just hanging out everywhere. The, the lighting was perfect. The reflections off the pool. I have, I have 10,000 insane photos from that event. <laughs> <clears throat> But none of them are, are of this caliber. This one stands alone, I think. And honestly, Rich Froning stands alone. Even though he's number third on this list, Rich Froning to me is like Babe Ruth or he's like Sam Snead in golf or Jim Brown in football or Bill Russell in basketball. Like he was a, he was just ahead of his time. And he is like Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods in the sense that he redefined what was possible for professional athletes in his sport. And so Rich both... And, Plus, when you're looking at just the numbers, like Annie's average career event finish at the games is 5.3. Rich's is 1.2. And the two people ahead of him are 1.3 and 1.3. So those three statistically are in a a league of their own uh, in terms of performance at the highest level. Rich happened to come a little bit earlier than Matt and Tia did. He um, only competed for five years as an individual. And I know that some people will want to point to the continued success he's had on the team stage, which is totally fine. and And it's incredible what he's doing there. Obviously, what he's doing in Mayhem rivals what Annie's doing in Iceland in terms of creating an environment for who knows how many people to succeed and flourish and learn from him. We need a rich for a Christmas card. <laughs> I love how Brian's just laying out these like really awesome facts and this is like detailed analysis. And we're like, oh, calendar with dudes half naked. Um, and, you know, Rich, uh, he also like Rich phoning on Sunday is a real thing. And Jason talked about it earlier in the in the conversation is, you know, as the week, weekend wears on at the games, people, people fall apart. And this happens in sports all the time. You know, there's a reason that professional golf tournaments are four days instead of one day, because in a one day, anyone can show up and have a good day. But over four days, and especially on that last day, when the pressure is highest, when the body is most broken down, what are you going to do? And what Rich did is win. And he won, I mean, I think it was six or seven straight events to finish out his career on Sunday. And he just, he doesn't have the statistical dominance in terms of margin of victory or even event wins compared to Matt and Tia. But he had this like air about him. Jason, maybe you can, James, maybe you guys can talk about it competing against him. But from a a spectator's perspective, watching him, you like, you just were like, when he needs to do it, he's going to do it. He's going to find a way to get it done and win. I, I really like that line. Uh, what did you say? The Sunday line? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's I mean, like, like, oh, great. I, it should be on a shirt, whatever it is. So people like me can see it over and over and over. It's a, I mean, Sunday's his day. He always did it. Yeah. Rich is legit. I mean, there's no question. And what he's doing on the team side is awesome. But for anybody who doesn't know the dedication this guy has to the sport of fitness, uh, I mean, I could assure you with 100% certainty. I mean, I've spent a lot of time with Rich. I've stayed at his house a lot. This guy is just like from sunup to sundown. I'm sure Hobart could agree with me. Training. I mean, like in the barn, training. And it is just something that he loves and he's going to continue to do. I mean, you can see it with four times, five, uh, four time 
champion. And then he goes, I think, what is it? Six time, five time team champion. Something yeah, like that, five. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he's not doing it for money, fame, whatever. He's just super fucking good at it. And he loves to train. And so I think he easily solidified himself in the top three ever easily. And, um, yeah, Hobart, you've spent some time with them, right? You've seen them train. Yeah. I mean, hundred percent committed. It was, uh, I've always said it's, it was a full-time job, but, um, you know, I think one of the things that went on said about Rich um, is I think he was he was way more tuned into like all of the things needed to win and do it well than, than uh, everyone thought. Like, well, I think a lot of people looked at him as just kind of like earlier on, he got that like, I don't want to say dumb jock rap, but like he's just a fit guy kind of thing. But I, I think in a lot of you guys who who have been on the podium and had top 10 consistent finishes consistently, I think all of you were way more tuned into all of the details needed to win, succeed, do well, what was needed for you than, um, than I think the rest of the world recognized. When Rich was a great competitor. So Rich, I mean, yeah. I competed with him so many times. You'd be, you'd be in the middle of the workout or the event, and he'd be like looking at the competitors and evaluating. The way I like to look at it is like Rich was like a Ferrari. And when he was at 80% of his total top, top end capacity, he was only at 80%. Whereas many of us were at 95% of our top end capacity. And so you couldn't just observe the field and like chill. He was only at a fraction of his total capacity and able to kind of observe what he needed to do to win the event. He still is like that. You know, he's just at the rogue invitational fucking drove me nuts. You know, me and me and Josh Bridges are doing our snatch workout or whatever, clean and jerk workout. And this guy comes out of nowhere, does two or three to one to Miko Salo to finish off and beat yep. us in this event. Yeah. He's just like a born competitor of fucking, asshole <laughs> yeah you know yeah gaming gaming constantly constantly Haley was on the show and she said that she never sees him fall down she never sees him lay on his back she never sees him goes into the red line so then a few days later we had rich on the show and i said rich do you not go to the pain cave anymore and he said pretty much not he said i've gotten totally soft I'm like, <laughs> the guy's just murdering everyone but he's saying he got soft he's been like that for a long time uh, well, that was a great question. Did you see Alyssa? Uh, was it Alyssa? Someone asked how, how Brian, how close is Annie? What would, what if Annie beats Tia? Uh, how, if it, how close it, is she to Brian? If Annie beat Tia next year at the games and won the CrossFit games, then I think that you might have a legitimate conversation. And, and then you're really starting to ask the question of longevity versus dominance over a smaller period of time. Cause at that point, if we were to hypothetically say that she won next year, Annie would have 12 career games appearances Five and five and six podiums and rich would have five and five depending on how many events i mean here's the thing rich is still second all time on career event wins at the games and only doing it over five year five years at the games and it's not even close the third place guys josh bridges at eight froning has 16 and and fraser has 29 but we'll talk about fraser in a minute um and so it's like <sighs> That that's that's it's like splitting hairs at that point, I would say, because, he, you know, what he did over those five years, I don't think that outside of of Matt and Tia that you're really going to see another five year period of dominance like that. Um, but if you want to if you wanted to make a case for Annie, if she'd won her third at this point in her career and in her life, I, I you know, I couldn't fault you for that. Uh, it, it's getting really hard to to not um, to to ignore the team victories. It's getting really, really fucking hard. I, I, I know this is supposed to be just about individual events, but his longevity and, and the winning of the team thing is getting weird. Like, it doesn't matter who's on his fucking team. The guy's fucking winning. It's like, 
I, I want to throw <laughs> well, the team well. to it. He he is he he is the entire team competition. I mean, yeah. he's, he's he's carrying this whole fucking thing on his back. It's get it's getting weird, man. It's getting it's getting like he's, it's gonna push him to the top of the list, and no one's gonna knock him off. I, I well, mean, it's because he's a born competitor, right? I mean, he's able to find a way to win. I think that's an important note to make. Like whether it was an individual or on a team, he's finding ways to win, and that's ultimately what we're trying to judge here. Are you saying that he sabotaged Miranda? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, get out of here! Yeah, with that. put Jason in his spot. He needs some. He's getting all excited. Because here, because I mean, like you guys would have won that year. This sure. wasn't controversial enough. Let's let's you know, Jason's too non-controversial. Give him something to get. You know, Brian. Brian. In one moment, Brian goes from like like solid reporting to TMZ. <laughs> No, no, uh, Rich would never do anything record. like that. Rich would only want to win on the competition floor. Everyone knows that. But if you're looking at his team, his team career, it's obviously impressive. But outside of that injury, uh, North NorCal would have won in 2015. Obviously, uh, 2017 Wasatch was incredibly impressive and beat them. And yes, he's been able to do it in a variety of different um, team formats and competitions. You know, over this time. But like, if you look at their team from this year, like, like come on, man. Three years ago, I had a conversation with Travis Williams at the games, and he's like, Andrew Nistler and Taylor Williamson are the two best female team competitors in the sport. And, t- and if they're not on the team, there's probably not a team that's going to beat Rich's team. And now they're on his team. It's like, you know. Yeah, actually, because they used to compete for uh, – they keep competing for OC3, and they were a big competitor, competitor of ours. And um, and they beat Rich's team at the Rogue Invitational that yeah. one year. Now the, the workouts were a little strange, but they still beat him. So anyway, but the team, the main reason I don't factor in the team competition is because I don't have access to the team databases. Like no one has that information. I think there might be, there might be an archive of it at CrossFit HQ, but tell someone's please, if you have the team rosters yeah. from every year at the games with like individuals that competed on those teams, send them to me and then I'll start to factor in some team data if you want to. But outside of that, I'm not going to go back and research every team that ever competed at the games. And I don't know anyone who has that information. It- I just want to address Craig's point. Uh, was she juicing Miranda? Older, uh, well, Alcaraz. Uh, no, absolutely not. I just want to address that. I knew her for a super long time. We got tested all the time. And so, no. But just want to acknowledge that. Dude, she's more buff than you and she's fucking pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, speaking of uh, uh, people who have business acumen uh, and Jason mentioned that he was excited yeah. to see. He's always excited to see when athletes are, are taking to like extending their career and making money and doing, and doing good things with their hard work. He was mentioning uh, Annie and Catcher and excited what they're doing. Uh, what Miranda's doing is, is nuts. It yeah. Is. Miranda's got something super successful going in. And, and because we're talking about rich <laughs> for a m- moment too, he's built something super special too, right? He's got the Froning farms. He's got the mayhem. I mean, so it's it's also nice to see these blends of business that are coming into play for some of these top athletes. Uh, Matt, is it possible to um, go back to that photo of Ben Smith really quick? I want, I want to show you guys uh, something. Because, because this is a great photo here. I, I wanted to show you something that why these are both – um, great photos that they really show the character of these gentlemen. Is, is it possible, Matt? Should we do number two and then come back to it? Sousa? Should we oh, come I'm sorry. Back? No, give me a second. I'm trying to uh, pull that photo up. Give me. Okay. I just, I just hung up on him. Um, I think it would be, I think it would be, uh, well, are there any good comments in here we should discuss? 
I would just say that for me, the team thing, um, I never say never. It's highly unlikely for me to go back and do team. Uh, but as an individual, I signed a written contract with my wife. So that's a no-go ever again. Um, but team, you never know. You really did. You really do have a written contract with your wife? Yeah, I do. I think that's the first time I ever said that publicly. Uh, I think it was, uh, you know, her and I had had strong debates about it for years and years and years. And then finally I was like, all right, we're, I'm good. And um, I took third in 2014. And so she like wrote out some contract that she made me sign it. She took a picture and she saved it. And she said, if you ever try and pull some shit, I'm going to pull this out on you. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah. How, so, how, how wildly obsessed were you with trying to win? A lot. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was the main focus, but at the time, you know, my wife and I, we just had another uh, child. So we had two kids, we had a business and the amount of time that I was spending trying to, you know, win was tough. I mean, you came off a second and third, uh, 13, a third and 14 and you're feeling good. I'm like, all right, I'm ready to rock. And then she's like, no, well, the conversation had been happening for a while. So then I went team in, in 15. And then obviously in 16, uh, Ava got six. So that changed all that. <clears throat> Jason, do you feel like the second in 2013 and third in 2014 were potentially more impressive than the win in 2008? Uh, 100%. Yeah. The, my, like, I'd say like the most, um, Yes, I think my second and third in, in 13 and 14 was more impressive than the win in 2008. Yes. Perfect. That sets up very nicely for numbers one and two coming up. I want to show you. I'm trying to show you guys something. I apologize for the delay. Oh, thanks, Craig. I'm glad you like the gym out there in Cabo. Lots of change since uh, COVID hit everyone, but yes, thank you. Susan, did you get it or should I try it? Because I, I think I might be able to do it. No, yeah, you should try it. I can't seem to, to get it working. Let me see if I got it. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. You try I to can't do it. Share the preview, see, right? Jay, you I, see that comment uh, from John Young? How long do you think you could have stayed competitive? I'm, I always like hearing answers to these questions from people who are like super driven slash successful slash competitive. What do you, uh, how do you view a question like that? <sighs> I would say that I, um, so I, I placed top 10 for, let's just say seven years, more or less. Um, how many more years I think I could have done it? It's a really difficult question because I hate to like undermine other people's work and say that, oh, I could have done this when I didn't. Um, but I do think that, and there's other factors, right? You, when, when children and when business and when, when lifestyle happens, you got to make decisions you think are going to be best for the overall family. And so I, I do think I could have stayed at the top for a couple more years. Um, but all of that was overcome with events in 2016 when Ava got diagnosed with leukemia. So that would have changed regardless. So I guess maybe another year or two, maybe. Um, I know, uh, sorry, David friend, you were saying I was being defensive about uh, my photo, but I, I really do want to show you how great this photo is. And I know I am being defensive, but this really is a great photo and deserves a second look. Um, it, <laughs> I, 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 there's some things that people can't see with the average human eye He's that I'm able man. to capture. <laughs> All men are not created equal. Oh, gosh. God. Hey. 
Someone photoshopped this since we posted this. Can you <laughs> no way. Our... Yes, this wasn't like something we just we keep prepared. getting variations of these because in my head now I have so many ideas after seeing this. <laughs> so, so I apologize, David. Friend. I know I'm I'm super insecure and defensive about my photography, but I had to bring this one back because Ben Smith deserves um this. The, it's just an amazing body and, and just a, a, a super guy. Anyway, that's that's. I just wanted to just review. Okay, uh, Rich Froney number three. Um, I'm I'm definitely not happy with that for some reason. Uh, Oh, but whatever. You're not That's happy it. with that? Nah, because I'm struggling with the team thing. But 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 Brian's already set the rules. It's like me complaining. I, I know what the rules are, so I, I'm just. And I look, and I and I see the you know I see the people in the comments, and there's if anyone wants to put Rich Froning at the top of their list, I'm not going to tell them that they're wrong about it. I just think that, um, you know, it's like it or not, the sport is continuing to evolve, and I think it's harder to win in the years as an individual in the more recent years than it is to win in the years that he was doing it because there's more people trying to win. Hey, oh, hey, and shout out Ryan. Who've got, go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go I was ahead. just going to say shout out Ryan. Thanks for uh, using our program, man. I really appreciate it. Just want to get that out before you, you go on to the second and see who it is. What? He gets a little more time than that. He gets. Oh little, yeah. Uh, right. I also want to, I also want to yeah. say this. Um, we keep talking about people who've gotten people into CrossFit. Uh, obviously there was when, when I, and I've told this story before when I was at CrossFit Inc, um, the, the number one spot in the world for selling L ones level one seminars in the entire world, not Paris, not New York city, not, not San Francisco, not Moscow. Cookville fucking Tennessee. Mm. People all over that there were there were at, at some point affiliates in 162 different countries on all seven continents and where did people come to take their l1 preferenced this fucking <clears throat> shithole in the middle of the united states called cookville and why because rich froning's there filled with I, very nice people <laughs> it, it is and it's not a shithole i was just joking that's just california uppityness but 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 that's a that's a really strong testament to how amazing uh rich froning and the mayhem empire are all right. Uh, God, I'm so happy about that, Ben. Who who made that, Ben Smith? Was that Caleb? Caleb made that or Will made that? Who made that? That was Will. Will made that. Yeah. Will, you get a raise from $0 to $0. Thank you for your help. Uh, okay, number two. Ben looks like Nicolas Cage. That's a compliment, man. Ghost Rider is an amazing a movie. <clears throat> oh... Number two, Adrian Bosman, Chuck Carswell, Dave Castro staring on at number two, Matt Fraser. Now, I know that's not a great picture, but because it had Dave, Adrian, and Chuck in it, I had to choose it. Look at them. They're all staring at fucking. I like titties. this picture. I like, I like, yeah, I like the beard on Matt back then. Um, Okay, number two. Why? Why number two? I mean, basically, this is number two because because of who number one is, right? I mean, that's what this all comes down to, right? Well, I think that really we can only talk about these two people in the same conversation and then kind of delineate why why I end up having Tia number one over Matt here. But just on the at the very like number side of things, they've both competed at the game seven years. And I wrote about this in a couple articles. If you want to read more about it, there's an article on South China Morning Post and another one on Morning Chalk Up from a month or two ago that details their careers a lot. We'll talk about some of it here. Um, but this is the perfect time really to, t to have this conversation because they've both done seven years at the games. They've both won five times. They both won five consecutive times. They both opened their careers at the games with two consecutive runner-up finishes. 
Their average career finishes at the games are both exactly 1.29. The number of event wins that Tia has is 33. Matt had 29. And 13 of Tia's and 14 of Matt's came in 2020. But this is the online, the two-stage two portion of the games. The reason that's significant is because after them, the next most um, event wins all time is Froning at 16 for the uh, men. And Annie at 14 for the women, followed by Katrin at 13. And they had 14 and 13 respectively in one season. But we understand that that season was a different opportunity for them than anyone else that will ever, ever have. Because all of those events at the ranch, there were only five competitors. And in basically every other iteration of the game, except for 2019, which is also a year that they both competed in. Rich never had a chance to compete in a season like that, where half the events were only against 10 competitors, for example. Um, they had opportunities to win events at a higher clip or, or rate in those two years than any of the other competitors really did. Uh, so that's why there's a big skew in terms of the event wins, in addition to the fact that they're just incredible athletes. So I have some other stuff that I think um, Suze is going to pull up here to to let you guys take a look at and we can talk about it. But otherwise, you know, before we talk about that, if you guys want to weigh in on anything. Those numbers are crazy. You said how similar they are. <laughs> Five and five, seven years of competing, taking second their first year, all that shit. That is nuts. Hey, Brian, should we take out those numbers? Like, I'm asking your opinion on it. Are those numbers just now irrelevant because of that? Because only five people were at the games that year, basically. Those event wins. Does that really just... And, and what happens if you take those numbers out? Does it, does it, does it make them normal? Or no, they're still, they're still ahead of Rich and Katrin? No, if you take out all of the wins from 2020, they still have the most event wins respectively in their okay. divisions. Okay. But uh, so this, uh, Susan, this isn't actually the one that I wanted. I wanted the other one, but this is a, an, a, a breakdown of those event wins. And this is one of the articles that I wrote about. Um, and if you look at the wins that Tia and Matt have had at the games, about a third of them were on the same events, but of the other two thirds of the events, Tia is incredibly dominant on very specific things, weightlifting, powerlifting, and Olympic lifting, running and swimming. She's basic. She's almost unbeatable. Fraser didn't have too many things specifically like that, that he was like unbeatable at. What Fraser was really good at, if you like really to study the events that he won, is cr classic CrossFit events. Couplets and triplets that just like demand fitness and the ability to suffer. And that's what he was winning events. The hardest events at the games are usually the ones that he seems to win in terms of pain. Who's won the most money? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're talking about the totality of their career, it's definitely Tia because she competed at more sanctional events than him. They were both undefeated in their sanctional record, but she just competed more. Well, and she just made close to three hundred thousand at the Rogue Invitational, so that was a big, big jump. And that, and you're just we're just talking about competition money, and I don't know about the rest of it. So this on the right here—that's how much podium. Hold on, let me check the numbers. Yeah, that's how much podium Matt sold last week. Three hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> So this chart on the right is something that I that I spent some time breaking down after the games this year. So we see, t if you can zoom in on that, the metric and then the Fraser and Toomey. So total events competed at the games. He's done 99. She did 101 over her seven years. Top three finishes, 59 and 54. So percentage-wise, Fraser's finishing in the top three 6% more often in events that he's competed at than Tia. Top quarter of the field is almost identical, basically 78.5% for both of them top half of the field and the reason it's not a specific like top 10 top 20 is because in those relative years what it meant to finish in the top half of the field changed if you're only competing against five or 10 or 20 athletes then you have to do better num like numerically than if you're competing against 30 or 40 
Anyway, top half of the field, Tia has him by 1%, 94 to 91, 93% to 92%. Just just conceptualize these numbers, though. Like 60% of the time, he's finishing first, second, or third in events. And 92% or more of the time, they're finishing in the top half of the field, meaning they're only in the bottom quarter of the field 0.02% of the time each. That's like they don't have those bad performances. And And if you're just trying to delineate between Rich and Matt and Tia, Rich did have some bad performances. Matt and Tia hardly ever did over a hundred events that they've done at the games against the best athletes in the world. So based on, based on these numbers, if you look at this chart, there's not a lot between them. What I ended up, Oh, that's so nice of you, Heidi. What I ended up focused, Brian, stay focused. (laughs) Look, don't put that stuff up there. Leave that up there. No, no, no. Put that back up there. (laughs) Damn. What, uh, what I ended up, when I wrote this article, I actually said that I thought that Matt had a greater case than Tia to be the better CrossFit athlete or competitor over his seven years than hers. But the main criteria I was basing that on, and this is in the articles, we're not going to bring up the data here, is that the competitive field that he was going up against, the men, was more deep and there were more people who had the potential to finish in the top 10 and the top three on the years that he competed based on data than women. And some had a negative reaction to that and said that, well, Tia's having to beat the best women. There's only a couple of them, but they're all so good. And she continues to just demolish them. And I'm saying, yes. And Matt is only beating a bunch of chumps. Is that what they're saying? I don't know what they're saying. What I'm saying is that over the totality of his career, there's more people that have the potential to be threats to him in the top three, in the top 10, than there were to be threats to Tia. So as you know, and I think, if you, you know, and I think that that matters. Like, I think it's harder, right? I still think it's harder now to win on the men's side than the women's side, or to, or we could say to excel on the men's side than the women's side, because there's more people that are good enough to challenge for those top spots. This fucking guy has my picture as his avatar. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is that? Hey, that's Brian when he had a legit weird... really good analysis. <laughs> And yeah, that is to make it about you, man. Sorry, Brian. Brian, that was good. Brian, I have a, I have a question about that. Oh, I'll wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Sorry. I also at some point want to go back to this this team thing with Rich, but okay, okay, hold on. Then let me ask this before you switch it. Is it what are the implications of the fact that you that that in the women's competition you can be good at swimming if there are any implications swimming and weightlifting and dominate versus in the men's competition it's couplets and triplets because wasn't that i mean you could say the same thing about jason and rich and, the, and a lot of the guys the men the, the greatest swimmer in the group and the greatest runner in the group doesn't win the crossfit games ever really do they no and i think this goes to the depth of the field if you look on the but but it's it's a little bit gray because if you look on the men's side yonakoski is a good example of a guy who dominates swimming at the games and then if you go back a little bit in you know historically uh spencer hendel was winning several strength events at the games replacing very high in them but he wasn't having top five top you know he had, he had a 10th place finish and he reevaluated his training and made it a little difference there but kristen holt is a good example on the women's side all of her wins at the crossfit games have come in cycling and running but she doesn't have the totality of fitness to to win or podium at the games outside of one year um so you know i don't know i think that the on the men's side there's more people trying to compete that have the potential to to compete and therefore you're more likely to have an exceptional outlier in certain specific tests like a heavy lift or a single modality aerobic test Who, who's the water polo player who's in the top 10 this year i remember there was lazar one. oh lazar okay yeah. okay 
I think I think it's a great. I mean, obviously, I think we're talking about Tia and we're talking about Matt almost at the same time. And I think it's like, look, the top three. I think that this top ten list is interesting because I think the list in particular is intriguing. But when you get to the top of it, it's 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 kind of a toss up for so many different reasons. I do think if Tia continues in the sport for a little bit longer, she will continue to establish herself as the greatest of all time. And I'm I'm not saying she isn't at this point, but she is only getting more dominant. Like she just won the Rogue Invitational. She just won the games before that. She's on a bobsled team. I mean, she's like she's just like a pure athlete. I don't know what else to say. I mean, she she also won the Commonwealth Games, right, in Australia. She went to the Olympics. So she's an Olympian. She won the Commonwealth Games. She's now trying to become a, a two-sport Olympian with bobsledding, and she's won the games five times. Give her one well, more year, and I think it's clearly established easily. And that was the um, – so when people – you know, you have to define what you're talking about. So if we're yeah, talking about the best yeah. athlete in CrossFit, her case is much greater than Matt's for the reasons you just said. If you're talking about the best CrossFitter, that's where I think you can make the case for Matt based on the events that he's dominated at the games that are more classic CrossFit style events. That's true. However, there was a, something that was recently put out on Instagram by Fantasy Fitnessing that I found to be compelling enough in addition to the fact that you know Tia did just have what I consider to be a very impressive and, and actually relevant performance at the Rogue Invitational. Um, and likely, like like someone just said in the comments, if she can d- continues to compete this year and wins again, then it's going to be very difficult to not place her at number one. Um, but this is a he, he the guy the guys who do fantasy fitness he made this post and they talked about Medeiros's consistency at the games, and then they said, well, let's see how some other champions have done at the games, and they have CrossFit Games winner events by wins that year. It's uh it's that first post there, and if you slide to the second slide of the post. Tia's at the top of the list, then Matt, then Tia, then Matt. So they occupy the top spots, but Tia's first. If you slide to the next slide, CrossFit Games winner, average event finish at the games, Tia, Tia, Matt, Matt, Tia, Matt, Matt. But again, Tia's got the top two spots. Slide to the next slide, CrossFit Games winner's worst event finish of the year, four of the top five are Tia. That's a good picture. And when you start looking at these things, in addition to all the other things that I've talked about and the fact that she's still competing in the sport and likely going to continue to push that career forward, Honestly, I just say like it is so close like you're talking about, Jason, and I don't want to deal with the the people who have all these negative things to say because ultimately we're talking about very small margins. And, you know, the the case for Tia is as strong as Matt, plus she's continuing to compete, so I bumped her to the top spot. Let's see it. Let's talk about Tia. I'm going to come off and say that something that I've, I've never heard anyone say, and I don't know why. Not, not about this picture. This, I, I didn't take this picture too. I'm, I'm wondering maybe if Dave Ray took this picture. I just found it on my computer. It's a great photo. Too bad. Sorry. It's cut off, huh? It's not framed well. <laughs> but it's a great photo on its totality. I think maybe it was even a poster that CrossFit sold. But this, th- she has an amazing body too. I never hear anyone like uh, uh, go goo gaga over Tia, but her body is insane. She is like, she, she yeah. She 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 is the gi of the women. She's the Guillermo. What what's Guillermo's last name? Guillermo Malheros, whatever. I got to mention a dude, or else some like makes everyone feel uncomfortable. But if I just talk about a woman's body, for some reason everyone hates women's bodies, but I don't. And I'm telling you, 
Tia has one of the most beautiful, amazing bodies that not only performs, but she's just she's just a woman on every level. Congratulations, Shane. The fact that can't she, wait to see yeah, her kids. Seriously. Can't wait to see your kids. <laughs> the fact that Tia can win lifting events at the games and outside competitions regularly and also win the CrossFit games makes her a statistical outlier. John Young, I think he may be still listening on the call, and he's been working on some stuff that we hopefully have an article out soon uh, putting this in perspective. Usually, if you're the strongest athlete in the field, you're not going to win the games. In fact, you're not even going to podium. But Tia's an outlier in this regard also, where she's be able to, to win against women that she's able to win lifting events against women that weigh 20 to 30 pounds more than her and also beat them on everything else. When Rob Orlando um, sunk that year in the games, uh, it was the like oh, first man. or second event, and, and oh, he almost man. drowned. There was this. There was a conversation that was started that was basically like these strong cats, these Olympic lifters. They just can't. They just are horrible swimmers. They just have too much muscle. Muscle just sinks, and it's too dense, and they shouldn't be good in the water. And that's another thing. She's she's definitely proven Dude. that not to be true. Hey Savant, do you remember where Miko Salo went in the water? So. He, he earns, uh, uh, maybe some people who don't know who Miko is or don't know this story should, should know it. The, the CrossFit Games had a swim in 2011, 2011 Savon? I think. Yeah, yeah I don't remember, but I know what you're talking about. Crazy. And Miko at the time was like an underwater diver in um, Finland, yep. right? Yep. And so he was obviously super Rescue diver. Uh, rescue uh, diver. Underwater rescue diver in super uh, unhospitable conditions. Dude, and this guy goes into the water and blows his eardrum, and if I'm not mistaken, like craps himself, but yet still <laughs> finishes the event. And the event was a swim, a bunch of like pull-ups, push-ups, squats, and then a mile run. And he was like delirious the whole time. But uh, I bring that up only because like the mental fortitude that Miko showed that year was pretty impressive. He eventually then had to get out, but I don't know. You brought up Orlando with the water. I just, I just thought of that. So it's funny you bring that up. So I, I don't know if any of you guys have ever had like a great Dane or a big dog, but there's this thing called wobbler syndrome that giant dogs get, and their spines get injured and they basically can't walk normal. They start wobbling around everywhere and they'll live like that for years. That's what fucking Miko had. He, a wave slapped his eardrum, broke his fucking eardrum. Dude. And he was basically just wobbling around out there and finished this insane <laughs> event that he probably should have won. Did Josh Bridges win the event that year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would say Bridges, Bridges would have probably won that one anyway. And uh, a blasphemy, Brian. Anyway, <laughs> flash forward to recently at uh, at some Wadapalooza promotional event a couple months ago. Um, uh, Jason Hopper, Medeiros, and Matt Fraser were fooling around in the ocean water, and I think it was Matt O'Keefe, but someone tackled Matt into the ocean water, and when his head hit the water, it blew out Matt's eardrum. And I think Matt had to go to the doctor that evening, if I heard the story correctly. But what's amazing is I always wondered if that was true, if Miko really did hurt his eardrum and blew out his eardrum that day. And then I thought, was that just an excuse or something? And I, and I feel bad for saying that because, you know, he's a, he's a man of such high integrity. But when I heard that Matt did it just last month, just getting tackled into the ocean, I'm like, shit, I guess that shit happens. It, when it, you got to figure, you know, as a deep sea diver, maybe he already had some type of precondition towards the ear. I, I, I have no right. idea. But right. um, yeah. Uh, David Friend says Brian is a good dude again. God, it's a it's a fickle crowd. How good is she, Brian? Is there anything that that you haven't said about her? 
But I think, uh, you know, other than what, not with what Jason also said is, you know, it's incredibly impressive what she's able to do in CrossFit, but to also have the capacity to remain relevant in the sport while pursuing other athletic endeavors at the highest, at the highest global level is something that we haven't seen. I mean, we do have people like Anna Tunnicliffe who were Olympians and also competed at CrossFit, but she wasn't a five-time games champion. And we know that others like Terry Helgedotter have competed at the Commonwealth Games, but her career best finish is 13th at the games, not first five times. I mean, it's if you just take her CrossFit career, it's amongst the best we've ever seen. If you couple it with what she's done off of the stage of CrossFit, it's a completely different conversation altogether. She's in a conversation of like on her own. It, it seems appropriate since she's the greatest CrossFitter of all time to also show the greatest job. <laughs> <laughs> message board of all time and CrossFit barbelljobs.com. I mean, these two, when you think Tia, you should think barbelljobs.com because the greats belong together. Thank you, Brian. Tia, you deserve more attention on the show, but we talked about you so much throughout the whole goddamn show that, like, I think we, 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 we're done. We, we, we got that we got the list uh feel free to continue go to youtube and just hate on brian all you want for his choices that's a good place to keep the conversation solid or just get up in his dms and try to cancel his shit or both hey hobart what do you think about so i'm in agreement on the top four how do you feel about the rest of the top 10 let the hate begin oh who is who is seven felmer hey. I don't know how I feel about him. Well, do you do you do you like the people in the top ten, Jason? Let's start there. Like, is there someone who you think should be in the top ten who's not? Uh, Becca Voigt, maybe. Oh she, man, she she's worse than finish? Scott Panchik. She's with. Did she ever win? She. How many times has she been on the podium? Once. Everybody in the top ten has been on the podium, right? Becca Voigt has been on the podium once. She was third in her fourth competitive year. How come you didn't uh, put her in, the, in the, those ten below? Maybe she's top twenty. Um, I didn't think she was better than any of the people in the top ten in the top twenty, oh, and right. I still actually think there's a couple of people that are that are better than her that aren't even in the top twenty. I would mm-hmm. say that com- com- cumulatively across men and women, she's. I have her on the women's all time list at sixteenth, uh, so she's probably going to be around thirtieth all all time. I mean, here, like, if if you want to talk about her, you know, the thing is, she doesn't have the the competitive <laughs> consistency. She has the duration over time. Her average finish at the games and her appearances is seventeenth. Matt, you got to do a hundred burpees for just making noise in the comments for that shit. Everyone loves Rob. <laughs> top ten, top ten. The fuck that, dude. Give me a hundred. Uh, yeah, I, I think that they're. Do I like the top ten? Let's 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 solve that. What do you think, Hobart? You think there's someone else? I mean, Becca. Do you want me to just say that you're higher? Is that what you're getting at? You should be like. Well, no. I mean, I like think I should be higher, but seven. But no, no, no. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else we're missing. You know, because like. Oh man. This is. Hey, whip, whip! Pull up that 11 to 20 list. Let me see that. Let me see that. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I'll I'll help you guys out here. So, uh, Jason, do you feel you don't think you belong in the top four? The next two I have are Ben Smith and Katrin David's daughter. And I would, and I kind of distinguish them in a separate tier. Also, I think if I think that the highest that you could rank on this list is seventh. Yeah, could, could be How a case made so high. He's only won the games once. 
Well, I'm curious if there's anyone else that we aren't even considering for the top. I, I think 10. Ben should still be in that top ten. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't. Oh, Me God. too. BKG Actually, I think had Brian, how many... I think this might be your best list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll just t- I can tell you guys after the 10 that we had on the list, the next four people I had were Scott Panchik, BKG, Kristen Holta, and Fikowski. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, how many I think, times have we done this? This is your best list. Podiums finishes Scott Panchik, zero, BKG's two, both second place finishes, Kristen Holta, one, second place in 2019, and Fikowski, two, with a second and a third. I think uh, uh, Brent Fikowski has the best body in that list, and then Noah Olson. Okay, and just and I, and just outside of this top twenty, and part and like I do, you know, I saw some people saying stuff about how I don't credit the early years across or whatever. For me, longevity matters. Like if, like you know, I'm I'm waiting to 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 move Laura Horvath, Haley Adams, Justin Medeiros onto these lists until I've seen them do it for a little bit longer period of time. How about this guy right here? Just Chris Spieler. Oh. I have Chris Spieler twentieth on the men's list. Okay. Because he was on the podium once, twice, one podium, third place, and then Matt. Yeah, go ahead, Jason. Oh, I think Matt Chan. I think was in same right, but he won the Titan Games. So Matt Chan is thirteenth on the men's all time list. He has one podium finish of second place, but like his career average at the games was tenth. Spielers was fifteenth. What sucks about being number ten for Jason is is that that means that like just any day he's going to get knocked off. Like it's just like. It's just like there's just like piranhas just jumping at him. So so basically, am I trying to uh, level myself up so I don't get pulled into the to the? Office? You got to go spots. tear up that contract, man. You got to go delete the pictures on your wife's phone and tear up that contract. Oh man, got to get back in the game. Hey, I saw someone right in here. Uh, Matt Smith says Jason's a top ten for elite CrossFit with jujitsu. I said, okay, I'll take that. Which, by the way, we, we need to do a podcast at some point because we've gone on. I mean, this is like two hours in, but. Savon, I'd love to do a podcast with you on should combat sports be included in the cross CrossFit games. Now, before people have a reaction to that too quickly, we've tested throwing. We've tested, uh, remember that one year we used like a, a sledgehammer with the steel rod. We've done, we've done so many different tests, right? Run, bike, swim, whatever. And you're trying to hit these general physical skills. Yet the one of combat, I'm talking boxing, wrestling, any any form of combative skills has never been tested. I'd be curious to think what you think about that. Well, they I'd just like did to see. That at, um, there was a Spartan race. I think they did a wrestling event. Yeah, yeah. Right? I think Sam Briggs was in that. It was more sumo style, I think. They had a. They, oh, they, yeah. Right? Like yeah. push him out of a circle. Man, I, I, I know we started the show with this, but I. If you guys have not seen this guy, Nick Rodriguez and Jason, you should really see them together. It's really amazing. It's really amazing what Jason's doing. It's crazy that you broke into that. I immediately reached out to him, Jason, um, and asked him if he'd come on the podcast, and he said yes. Um, it, it, you're welcome to join us if you want on that. Uh, but but what a crazy thing to see as a fan of combat sports. What a crazy thing it is to see Jason doing um, jiu-jitsu. I mean, it, it like made me so happy. I called all my kids into the room. I mean, it's really – it's really, really, really fucking cool. Do you think he's going to get better? Well, that's a fucking different. Who show. are the two CrossFitters you'd want to see fight? That's what I'm really. Well, we, we saw Hepner and Bridges in a boxing match, which, you know. Um, you got to see Rich fight Fraser. Like, that's the fight. 
And wh- how would they fight? Like, so the, the challenge that would be awesome. I don't yeah. think anyone wants to get in the ring. Jello wrestling. I think I want to see them probably- jello wrestle. I suspect Rich is gonna is so fucking athletic that he would put a fucking hurting on someone. Yeah, I mean the the, the challenge with the combat side, and again, I'd love to have a long conversation about this because, but it's similar to other things. Like if you have a swimming background, you've been swimming since you were ten years old, and you're a collegiate swimmer, you're probably gonna win that event at the CrossFit Games. But it's the same thing goes for like if you were a collegiate wrestler, like Chandler Smith, he's gonna win it because, and that is what it is. But right. but that's never been an excuse not to have an event in the games. I used to say that same argument, Jason. I've thought about that. Like Spencer Hendel had been back squatting since he was six years old, right? But yeah. that doesn't um, preclude him from back squatting events because he's had that experience. Or he was a pro baseball player and he had, there was a baseball event or softball. Yeah, throw. no, the, yeah, that was an even better example, right? He hucks the thing down to two football fields. Look at this oh, crazy fucker. No. That would not fuck Rich up. You're out of your fucking mind. You're out of your fucking. Let me tell you something. I was at an event one time. I Let me like tell you Annie something. Would, first of all, I feel like Annie would also beat the shit out of everyone, and then probably half the guys. At this I point, Carl Webb, Carl Webb, dude. Oh, you think? Oh, <laughs> she's she's she bites you. At this point, anyone who writes to me anything about Matt Fraser and spells his name with two T's, I immediately discredit their comment. Boom. Okay, all right, then I won't even <laughs> eat on. that, Craig. But I will tell you a quick story. I was at I was at an affiliate event in Montana, and it was uh, and, and Tony Blauer was doing a, a little outdoor seminar there, and Rich and Dan were taking it in another handful of fifteen people. Yes, thank you, Hobart the Spear, and by ninety, and they were doing like a little demo, and it was supposed to just be like chill. It was supposed to just be chill, and and Rich and Dan were doing the demo. There's video of it somewhere too, and it started escalating. And escalating, and then next thing I knew, fucking Dan and Rich were wrestling, and, and and I don't even know if I would call it wrestling, but fucking Rich started throwing Dan around like a fucking rag doll, <laughs> and uh, it it it's uh yeah, it, and if you've seen Rich play other sports, uh, football, baseball, just all that other shit he does, motorcycle riding, I don't think uh I don't think Matt stands a, a chance. Plus, Rich is super fit. That's just my opinion. Hey, I'd like looking. to see Medeiros and Colton Mertens go at it. I'd, I'd pay yeah. money to see that. And what would you have them go at it with? Like, I, 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 I hate to keep this. I think it's a super fun conversation because what would Jiu-Jitsu, you like to see? Wrestling. wrestling. Would you like to see them wrestle? Because like that's like a old yes. school sport, right? And then you have jujitsu, or would you like to see them box? And uh, I mean, because like, anyways, no. I, I think it'd be fun. No, I want to see them wrestle. Boxing's too too much. Ta- boxing is uh, boxing's hard. Yeah, it would, Jason. I think it's a good idea to re revisit the conversation because there's another element of it, which is it would totally redefine what the sport is. Because in every other test we've we've had, I mean, I guess you could say that there's some physical contact in a run or a swim or something like that, but there's no physical test that we've had at the games that's testing your ability to imp to apply force to another human in the field. Yeah, I think the I think the conversation should be had: should combat sports of any type be included as a test of fitness? What if they tested the, include all these other things? Why wouldn't you include that? You know, right? But if we were going to test boxing, or we could attest your <laughs> your power in punching, right? Where you punch an object and you create force, and the higher your force, the I'm greater just, your score. I'm just thinking about yeah. the programming for for classes and affiliates. Uh, Tuesdays workout, we're just going to beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? What's the warm up? Just put on a helmet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, hey. Just so you guys know, Matt, 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 and I are Matt and I do text. So don't let that rumor get out of hand that like I was attacking Matt for not texting me. Okay, is there anything else? Anyone has anything else to say? Jason, it's so awesome that you're on the show. Uh, Brian, always awesome to see you. Hobart, I, uh, hi. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Souza, you're a boss. <laughs> Thanks for doing all this. And get off. Uh, <laughs> And um, I just want to say it's just a just a great great time with you guys today. I have a feeling I know what the thumbnail is going to be when you uh, post this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I wonder Brian, if Ben good, Smith would ever come list, on the man. show. I pick on him so much; it's not even nice. Hey, he's list. never coming on, especially after this uh, this episode. I, I I do like him. He's a good dude. Hey, I just want to say thanks for having me on, Savon. I, I I really enjoyed this, so. I appreciate it. You were easy. There's these people like that. It's funny. There's these people I can just send them um, texts. I was like, Hey, Jason, you want to come on the show? He's like, sure. When? And I'm just like Saturday. Okay. Or Friday or whatever we decided. He's like, okay. And there's these group of people that will just do that. And it's just so nice. Cause scheduling is like the worst. I'm not one of those people, by the way. Ah, uh, but I bug you a lot. <laughs> I, bug, I throw a lot of rocks at you. I haven't thrown a lot of rocks at Jason yet. <laughs> 